Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you from SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 163. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me tonight in SideQuest Studios is David Malloy. Hello! And here as always, except when he's not, BT Calloway. No, hi hi. And thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. And now tonight, we've got, I put together a cute little playlist for you guys. It's sort of got a bit of a movie theme going on on tonight Ooh, wow. and you guys like movies i do I've heard of them yeah. <laughs> and at the moment david you're trying to do a uh, one movie a day challenge for the year yes so 366 and 2020 which is mm. currently 20 or so films behind here in the third month that's of the still, year but still an effort, man. yeah it, it is a bit of an effort but it's a delightful effort and i'm sure mm. like spending that time engaging with new stories could be very easily wasted on less rewarding things as yeah, well. Sure. Although I, I will say some of the films have been very unrewarding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got so many to get through. There are going to be clunkers. Exactly. What are the, the big highlights? And also, you know, on this show, we like to explore lowlights. What are uh, <laughs> what falls on in, uh, the extreme ends of the spectrum? Oh, man. Big highlights recently. I watched Dog Day Afternoon today, which was mm. incredible. Yeah. yeah. God knows why I would have watched that. Totally out of the blue. <laughs> and also a movie called Searching, which was directed by Anita. Chiganti and has John Cho as the lead and it's oh. brilliant. Oh, is that the one that it takes, pl- uh, like it's filmed like from a browser cam? Yeah, the entire thing oh. takes place on computers through FaceTime, Facebook, various different sort of social media websites. Yeah. And which sounds immensely gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's done so beautifully and the entire film is really, really compelling. Can't recommend it enough. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's super good. And lowlights? <laughs> Most recently, The Eyes of My Mother, uh, which is a horror movie from 2016. Yeah. That is. So I'm just imagining it's just, hello, I've got the eyes of my mother. <laughs> Would you like to Would see them? Would you like them? to see them? Let me hold them for you for 90 minutes. <laughs> no, it's, it's more that it's like, I mean, it's not too far off in that it is like, it's a black and white art house indie horror mm-hmm. movie taking all of this sort of old art house aesthetics and right. applying them to horror. And it's like, great, on paper, that sounds like totally me. In execution, not only is it boring, it's also just horrible and awful. Like you're just watching really nasty stuff happen to people for 90 minutes in service of nothing. Yeah. It, was, it was just, uh, Yuck. Yeah, <laughs> bit yuck. Yeah. There haven't been that many other, like, super low lights of late. Oh, yeah. Brightburn sucked. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've not seen it yet, but I was looking forward to it. Don't worry all, about All it. the reviews were bad. Went, Look oh, forward man. to never seeing it. Oh, was that the... Um... What if Superman but evil? Yeah. yeah. Which is, like, as good as the concept gets in the film. Yeah. Damn. That sucks when you hear a concept that goes, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, episode didn't sound interesting. And we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was season 26, episode 10, The Man Who Came to Be Dinner. First released in January uh, of 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, got that. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by David Silverman, written by Al Jean and David Merkin. In this episode, the Simpsons go to Disneyland, but then they get abducted by Kang and Kodos. And yes, if you haven't seen this episode, this is an episode that takes place on Kang Kodos' home planet. It's not a treehouse of horror. It's supposedly canon. 
And the reason I picked it for this uh, vaguely movie-themed playlist is because this episode was actually held back, like it was produced for the season 24, Mm. but they held back production because they were seriously considering on making this the second Simpsons movie. Mm. Oh, no. So, given all that context... Guys, what'd you think? I no longer fit us. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to admit, like, you know, considering this isn't the second Simpsons movie, I'm surprised to have not seen Bart's dick in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's at least something for TV. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, that's it. Condensing a 80, 90 minute movie down to 22. Yeah, but, yeah some dicks are going to get lost in the they process. They like a squid person dick. Yeah. <laughs> so. Remember we, that? Remember when we saw this animated child's penis? On? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least we saw some butt cheek in this one. People ate, but only butt cheek. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if butt cheek is explicit when it is separated from the man. Yeah, that's a fair <laughs> question. Because then it's just a sphere. Yeah, half sphere, half, half sphere. sphere, hemisphere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was a wild ride. Mm. Was it? <laughs> I don't know that it was because, like, especially because it felt very much like this must have come not that long after the acquisition of Fox by Disney, because it felt very much like, oh, Daddy Disney's letting us have a giggle at his expense. <laughs> Take that, business daddy. Yeah, it felt it <laughs> felt extremely corporately approved comedy. It was, bleh. Well, actually, yeah, season 26, uh, that wouldn't happen until 2018, I believe. So, yeah, this was, like, a bit before, but like, okay. maybe negotiations I were imagine, happening by then. I imagine a deal like that takes a long time, so there would have yeah. been murmurs at least, surely. Um, yeah. I do have a question. Is this Al Jean and David Merkin the same Al Jean and David Merkin that work on The Simpsons? Yes. So this isn't fanfic? <laughs> <laughs> no, Al Jean, showrunner for season three and four, I think, and David Merkin, showrunner but, for season five. But they did take the script from like an, an, an idea on the internet, right? <laughs> it feels like it a lot. Like, yeah. especially some of the Kodos and Kang scenes, like, do feel very oh. much like slash fiction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for the second Simpsons Where's movie, my they were... <laughs> But it's so wild that this was considered for the second Simpsons movie. Like, don't you go to space on the third one? They didn't have enough material for this episode. No. Let alone 90 minutes. Mm. Like, God. No, it was... Like, I don't actually think it was actively awful. Like, I yeah. think it was more mm. boring. I think bits Weirdly of it were enough, actively awful. Yeah, yeah, bits were actively awful, but it was just mostly just the bewilderment of this is what's actually happening. Yeah. And just, all right, we're along for this ride. What you got? Oh, well, I no, guess, nothing. I oh. guess in that sense, then maybe, like, that's why it would have felt sort of appropriate as the second movie, because mm. it's like, oh, this tracks. Like, this yeah. makes perfect sense for where the series has come. You know, like... Say what you like about the movie. I only saw it the one time yeah, in the cinema when it came out. Yep. So I would have been a lot younger. And I remember not hating it. Yeah. Like, it's definitely not the best thing anyone on The Simpsons has ever done. But, like, it was tolerable. It was mm-hmm. fine. And this, as feature length, would be yeah. excruciating. Just and I put it this way. First Simpsons movie did not cut off a piece of Homer's ass and feed it to a queen. Exactly. <laughs> that's true. And then have the queen regret her breast sight? What? Yeah. What? Yep. Yeah. What the fuck? Fuck was that? As guy? her only regret in life was that she didn't have bigger boobs. Oh my god! Like who? Maybe this was fanfic. I yeah. know. See why I think that? Well, let's hook into the questionnaire. BT for better or worse. Feel free to pick either. No, I'm sure I've got a better. I'd like to go the better on the ones I mostly have like bad things to say. Let me search these notes. No, no. Come on. Oh, I like at the end when they're flying home and the controls are basically Maggie's busy box. Yeah. And she's just having fun flying. I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's no. all right. Yeah. I dug that as a visual joke. Hmm. 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Molloy? What stands out for better or worse? Well, I mean, let's go with better because, oh boy, for worse. But the bug sequence, I quite enjoyed that. So there's a ride called The Bug, which is made for Maggie. I really enjoyed yeah. Maggie's incredibly joyous face on that ride mm. and the fact that everyone else was bored, but like the bug ride was sort of ominous and existential and yeah, but ended like, up accidentally looping it. And that was that was enjoyable. Yeah, he I liked he that. tried to leave and it's like, certain death awaits if you leave the bug. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, in an episode with a couple of like cheesy song uh, music moments, like that was one where I think, yeah, the repetitiveness of the lyrics totally work for a joke. It's, mm. yeah, totally mirroring it's a small world, which yep. is an infuriating ride to be on. Yeah. Like it was using that repetition while still being funny and advancing the lyrics and stuff. So, we- yeah, I enjoyed that. Speaking of repetition, is the second time at least that they have parodied the It's a Small World After All yep. ride. Yeah. Which I believe was I Am the Lizard Queen, like yes. way back in the day <laughs> one of the most quotable moments from the simpsons but i did like that bug sequence because i thought that was probably the most sustained bit mm. that was enjoyable in the whole episode like all of the other bits just didn't carry through to their own satisfying ends yeah what stood out to me more than anything was just their constant efforts at two things right there was either throwing back to classic bits which they did a lot a lot mm-hmm. which i mean i kind of just covered with the bug but mm. also like most egregiously is them recreating the zero gravity chip eating, which was just awful. There was no reason to enjoy that whatsoever. We've seen it all before. I could watch that clip on YouTube. Mm. This added nothing to that. So just sort of, again, going, remember how great this show used to be? Yeah, but also that there's a quick little bit where they have to catch a helicopter to this island on this long trek to get there, which mirrors that famous escape from, I can't remember where, but it, they parody it in uh, Bart vs. Australia, where they escape by helicopter from the roof in that episode, right. and that's a visual reference to a famous escape from an embassy, from, I can't remember from which country, but they, oh. they pull the same visual reference, and it's like, I know what you're doing now, because I learned it from you! <laughs> Is that the escape from the embassy in Argo? Yes. Yeah. yeah. In Argo, like the I'm movie Argo, movie, yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck. In, yeah, Ben Aff- Ben Argfleck. I think it's I think it's from the same event. Yeah. Good gag, sure. Dave. Like, let's say oh, it's that based one on a real. real life event. Yeah. Yeah, but they've already done it in The Simpsons before. So, right. end of Bart Bar versus Australia, they parody a very famous photograph from that Escape from whatever country I can't remember my history probably. That was the Canadian caper. Oh, okay. Because I got vibes that it was trying to mirror um the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode. As well with, like, having to park at the thing and then take a long, arduous journey by various transport to get, actually true, get there. Because it's just references on self-references on self-references. I didn't mind that gag as well as mm. at the end of the huge journey to get to the theme park. Like, they arrive within view of it. And it's like, Mama, we made it! Yeah. Mama! <laughs> like, I, I quite enjoyed that. Doing, like, like, a sort of an Ellis Island sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess on that exact point, there were a lot of efforts to make these sort of slightly darker jokes. Mm. That just never landed. And it wasn't because the jokes were offensive or the jokes were... Like, they just weren't good jokes. Mm. Probably the the standout was like Homer being in this room where he could picture anything in the world that he wanted. And yeah. so he pictures burgers, mm-hmm. donuts, sexy calendar of Marge, all of these different things. And then... Flanders and both his kids suspended from the ceiling by ropes around the necks. It's like... Mm. Yeah, that's fucked. I'm sorry, what? Like, I know you don't like these people, but you want to see them hung? Yeah, you can have anything in the world. I would like if Ned and both his children were dead. Yeah. Painfully. Yeah, possible. painfully and awfully and visibly. You know, can I have that, please? Um, 
Oh, but I couldn't watch them die without my family. Yeah. <laughs> I want the kids to see. <laughs> now, The Simpsons have a fascination with nooses and suicide being funny. Like in The Simpsons movie, one of the most fucked up jokes, uh, having like all the nooses lined up and then Jimbo hangs a pacifier for the small one for Maggie. <sighs> <sighs> Ran out of breath, that just, <laughs> just disturbed me so much. You had to say it in one sentence because yeah. you didn't want to spread it into a second. <laughs> Don't want to let that contagion out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> And yeah, just on that potato chip uh, space zero gravity scene, like, I guess they were trying to add to it by, oh, we can have Bart in it now. And instead of just chomp chomp, it becomes chomp doll. And so it's Ugh. a mix of the potato scene from Deep Space Homer and 101 Greyhounds. Yeah, the dog's taking his chips. So yeah, yeah it's just labored. And because it's so long as well, yeah. you just, yeah. I know what it's you're really doing. long. The second there were chips in the air, I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah, he actually said that out loud. <laughs> I would like to salute the writers, you know, for the incredibly brave parodies that they're doing in 2016 of taking on some of the really current heavy hitting pieces of media, mm. like The Matrix Reloading <laughs> or yeah. William Shatner's era of Star Trek, which was the, what, 60s? Yeah. Like, who were live? remember Star Trek of <laughs> that era. Like, William Shatner doesn't remember. Like, you could show him that episode and he'd be like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this whole Star Trek thing at the end, oh. like... It felt really forced and out of nowhere, and then it was just... Again, fanfic. It looked like someone's yeah, illustrations that, yeah. No, absolutely, and... Like, the ending credits as well, just all these visual things of, like, big Star Trek moments, but what if Simpsons characters... Mm-hmm. I don't know, when you haven't done the work for the Star Trek theme to even remotely run through the rest yeah. of the episode, yeah, it just feels so unearned and dumb. But Elliot, have we covered what out of this episode stood out for you for better or worse? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> just actually, yeah, going back to the start is that, you know, because I haven't seen this episode since I first watched it, because obviously, and <laughs> I forgot that this Disneyland thing was even a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because you know what we didn't have there, to quote Homer? Fun. Yeah. Mm. Save for a couple of jokes, like, it was mostly bad material, and it was just such a sketch show. Yeah. And especially when we have the comparison, I don't know if you've seen it lately, David, but we watched Itchy and Scratchy Land for a recent podcast, Mm. and, like, having that parody done so well with such a solid story, running through it, feeding the gags, um, just to watch this fucking sketch show was just... Ah, it's so disappointing. Yeah, it's difficult to explain the difference between, like, good rapid-fire jokes and bad. And it's not just necessarily the joke's bad, but the pacing is just so... Just when you've got your head around one thing, you're shifting dramatically to another, and this is just beating you in the head so quickly. Yeah, I think it is that there's a breath. There's a breath Mm. to well-paced comedy, right? Well, Mm. there's a breath to well-paced anything. And even when you're going, like, super rapid-fire, like Gilmore Girls rapid-fire kind of thing, like, you can still manage to make those beats land and have a sensation of breath through the way that you're communicating those ideas but Mm. there is no breath because they're just going we're being paid to fit in x gags per second yeah it's just it just feels kind of assaulting and in a way that you feel like the writer's room in itself that process is an assault because they're having to squeeze blood out of Mm -hmm. stone for every 25 frames of this fucking thing yeah yeah it's well it it also makes the rest of the episode you know because we talk a lot about the first act fuck you in simpsons Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it it can work to varying degrees of effect but this one to me felt like is all right act two and three is all we can get out of the space story how many more gags do we need to fit in the first act to eat up the time and 
like I don't have anything against sketch humor as well, but no. you know when I criticize The Simpsons for it, it's because The Simpsons isn't that show. Like mm. it there isn't a, a sketch few... comedy show. Yeah, but there are a few things worse than bad sketch comedy yeah. as well. And so when they're doing bad sketch comedy, it's like I I want to leave this free Edinburgh show. Like I don't <laughs> want to. Be... I'm very drunk. I've thrown my glass at the performers already, and it's time <laughs> and for I'm me out to out of leave. ammunition. Yeah. <laughs> turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> like you know, I'm actually struggling to remember a lot of these gags like because yeah it felt like again the rapid fire nature of this is like all right let's do like five cosmic wars gags in a row oh, fuck, I forgot about and, that. oh we got to mention the tiny ketchup fucking containers yeah, you, know, you know when you go to an amusement park and they have tiny ketchup you have to get like 50 of them oh, oh. yeah what a crazy show about nothing what a, just oh <laughs> relatable am i right <laughs> oh and i think the worst joke out of it all was the Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean? No, Oof. it stands for politically correct. To be fair, I liked the opening joke where like, they said, oh, they had to change it after massive complaints from two people. I'm like, that was okay. But then it goes on to be like, everything about PC culture is in there. And it's like, for fuck's sake. Oh, and it's basic, <laughs> yeah, and but it's also basically just a, how do we do a Pirates of the Caribbean rape joke that we can yeah. fit into this episode? I feel like the last time I was here as well <laughs> and talking about something, there was like a sort of hidden rape joke in there. And it's mm. like... I don't think you understand what being a decent human being yeah, is. It's not, yeah. it's not anything to do with politically correct Just people. The joke here was like, we understand consent is important now. And it's like, how? The Did you not before? <laughs> just, like, why is this a pirate? God. Ah, well, also, brain. it's set to fucking Wizard of Oz. No means no. Oh, we are. Oh, fucking, we fucking, fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's, yeah, that's not pirates. It's not like pirates <laughs> has a completely very famous song you could parody. Yeah. And it's also in the same five minute stretch that they've done this Pirates of the Caribbean gag. Mm-hmm. They've also introduced a like place in the park that is referred to as Ethnic Princess. Yeah. yeah. It's like, God, oh, Jesus. Like the tone deafness on display is genuinely mind boggling. Yeah. Mm. Which, like, I, it reminded me of that whole sort of when they responded to the controversy about Apu Mm. and like Hank Azaria was all grace about it and had this really sort of like beautiful and thought out response and the Simpsons are like no let's put in a gag in the show about how people are triggered Joe Rogan (laughs) it's fully like that like we watched this episode the other week the caper chase that was just Homer made a bunch of ex machina uh, style right. student robots malfunction because he was wearing bot face. Yeah, uh, that's a fucking weird one. Yeah. Play count. Have you seen this episode before tonight? No. No. Yeah, this is my second time. You poor thing. Sorry. Yeah. I wish I could enjoy it on the same level as like the one where Bart gets his art teacher pregnant with voodoo. Like, that is so bad it's good. This I'm just... sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, you heard him. <laughs> is oh. that a Halloween episode? No. Nope. What to expect when Bart's expecting. Oh, my God. One of God. the just weirdest fucking episodes. Yeah. And what we affectionately refer to as a cubic failure, because it's just such a spectacular <laughs> failure, <laughs> it kind of transcends our, our listings. I mean, I, I don't think we come up with that concept yet, so it is just a failure. I actually but... thought as well, because what, this was 2016, you said? Uh, 15. January 2015, 2015. But was intended to be produced for end of season 24, so that would have been 2014. Right, yeah. Or so 2013. It would have been a little early for them to be doing a parody of, like, A Killing of a Sacred Deer, and also, like you know, too obscure. So instead it's this sort of Sophie's Choice thing. Yeah. But even that, like, when did Sophie's Choice come out? Like, I'm pretty sure it was in the 1800s before yeah. film. We only know of Sophie's Choice. Meryl because Streep was young. Yeah, but we only know of it through oral history. <laughs> yep. No one's seen the film. Nope. No, man. And, 
like, this bit as well just felt so rushed in there just to give this episode some plot. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't yeah, know. In the midpoint, I'm like, okay, they've been taken to this, you know, Rigelian whatever planet, but what is the actual plot of this? Because the Simpsons, weirdly enough, are not terrified they're on an alien planet. Lisa looks a tiny bit worried, but none of them are like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> and, you know? Yeah, look, the Simpsons are in a zoo. Fine. Yeah, but it's like, so what's our plot? What are we doing? It's like, oh, they're going to eat them. It's like, well, there you go. Boring and predictable as fuck, but fine. Now we're somewhere. And especially the resolution of it being, oh, they're inedible because fast food. Yeah. Which when yeah. it was super size me. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> we've made this comment ad nauseum, mm-hmm. but that's all that Fox does is make the same comments ad nauseum. Oh, and the vegetarian of the group, oh, fucking hummus and falafel has made you even worse. Yeah. Blech. Oh, that's made animal fat in your stomach. No, no, no it hasn't. <laughs> that's not how chemistry works. Yeah. But come on, didn't they show those PC hippies who's boss? <laughs> I think they did. Well, fuck, I guess we were owned. Can't wait <laughs> to see that. <laughs> Cannot wait to see the coronavirus episode. It's going to oh, be Jesus. a riot. They're going to really take it to those oh. PC fascists. <laughs> oh, you watch out. So I feel a bit weird about asking the wackiness question because... So much. The Simpsons go to fucking outer space and hang Even out before on a planet. Then, man. Like, yeah? Even before then, when they're, you know, wandering around looking for things to do and there's a bunch of people standing in the cool zone under that little, um, you know, oh, yeah. uh, mist, uh, they're all cooling down like, oh, look, mister is full. Someone has to leave. And they're like, no. And they turn it to acid, melt down a bunch of people and then just scoop up their hats and sell them. And it's just like, what? Yeah. yeah and in, a, in the same episode that you've made a gag about Sophie's Choice, mm-hmm. that feels pointed. That doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. like a throwaway this is, gag. This is a joke that says life is meaningless in this episode, and then later on we're supposed to care about life. Also, about it being meaningless, like, I could almost get on board with the whole Simpsons go to an alien planet thing, but just to make this episode that much fucking worse, the alien at the end who stares down the barrel of the camera with his one eye and goes, your memories will fade, so it'll be like this episode, a uh, whole never sequence happened. of event never happened. And looks left, right. <laughs> Sorry, oh, that binaural yeah. podcast recording. <laughs> yeah, your, your inner kitten is showing. You start batting around your microphone. <laughs> it's adorable, but we're not a video format. <laughs> oh, just. I mean, run with your fucking concept. The Simpsons go yeah. to space, fine. Homer's been to space. We can yeah, we, get on th- board. We can do something with that. But it's also like, oh, we will send you home and wipe your memories. Like, kill them. Yeah. yeah. Why, why would you spend the money? Them. Just kill them. Do it as a Halloween episode and just kill them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, there's something in the, the couch gag here that grabbed my attention and I think mm-hmm. paints a kind of light around this episode. Yeah, the couch gag is essentially them in an art gallery with famous styles of yeah. paintings that are all based on them. Mm. Which um, visually I liked. I, you know, I, part of me kind of respected the effort on the part mm. of the animators, but I didn't think any of the individual artworks were actually that interesting. No. They're in this art gallery looking at these paintings of themselves, and then Homer picks up a remote and changes, and they all sort of switch over to Itchy and Scratchy and the news, yeah. and they all sit back and go, ah. And there's this kind of air to, I guess, The Simpsons as a whole, but particularly to the new Simpsons, right, where they're trying to appeal to this sort of lowest common denominator kind Mm -hmm. of person and this like working class audience and all that sort of stuff. But they're kind of demeaning them in the same act as identifying with them. It's not that sort of like, you know, a show like King of the Hill, right? Mm -hmm. Like really takes that angle where they're, we are of the people making a show by the people for the people, blah, blah, blah. So it's like these characters are kind of 
dullards, whatever, but they're they're well intentioned, they're yeah. good people, it's, they're all of those sorts of things, so we can get on board with them. Mm. And The Simpsons used to feel like that. Now it kind of feels like this era of The Simpsons is engaged in the same part of the culture wars as everyone else. It's mm. just like that is high art, and that is where the PCR and all of their yep. references past nineteen eighty four, and like <laughs> they can stay there because we've got. We've itchy got and scratchy TV and the news yeah. and explosions and Trump. And where it, yeah, for you guys. Where for you guys. And the, yeah, that's just like, it strikes me as the most unreal pandering. It's just, mm. you're not for them. You're you don't know who you're for anymore. Fucking brainless. You are for Fox as an entity. Yeah, pretty much. No, absolutely. And I mean, it's just a couch gag, but it also it's not keeping with Marge and Lisa's character. They definitely be more on board with the looking at artwork side of thing. And mm-hmm. that they hung so long on each yeah. one was like, oh, we're very proud of the work. And it's like, no, you should only have time for The Simpsons just to sit down in a couch gag. Yeah. yeah. And the only way that you can stay on that couch gag for longer is if you're getting Don Hertzfeld in to do it. And that yes. is the only time. <laughs> I am Simpson! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. That is so much fun. I love that so much. I still love how many people that would have confused the fuck out of them. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> of Shag, right? Like, we were pretty yeah. early on the oh, Don Hertzfeld very, thing. And that was, yeah, very early internet and stuff. Was, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Redacted and stuff. Redacted was my into it. I still haven't watched his movie um, It's a Beautiful Day. It's hard but like (laughs) fucking worth it. Right. Like it's existential and daunting and exhausting at times but oh man it's one of the most creative things I've ever seen. Mm. Wait rejected not redacted or is it redacted? Rejected no you're right it is rejected. Oh yeah because it was for the learning channel Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which itself would become the home for like Cake Boss and toddlers and tiaras and all that sort it's of also shit. incredible to think that you know a tiny cartoon short that had in it the line my anus is bleeding <laughs> has was nominated for an academy award well no deserved. Yep. <laughs> it's the right kind of absurd madness where you don't know what's going on yet you can't look away yeah it's so well i mean like yeah the last sort of minute of rejected is incredible yeah. filmmaking Absolutely. it's so good and I love the idea that the Learning Channel went on to have, like, Cake Boss and stuff, because I want to see the two reunited. Like, I am Cake Boss! <laughs> I am Cake Boss! Yeah. Cannoli! Uh, I am a banana cupcake. <laughs> Definitely, see? like, yeah, like, most quoted thing from the entirety of The Simpsons HD era has just been, I have memories. <laughs> I saw a great Simpsons Hertzfeld shit post a little while ago that was the Crocodile Dundee guy from Bart vs. Australia, and he goes, my knife is too big. <laughs> but it's like, that's not a knife, that's a spoon. My knife is too big. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I think it's sort of pointless exploring the wackiness question because that's just this episode. Um, Although if I could put in a controversial opinion. Go nuts. I don't feel like it's wacky at all. Yeah. That's kind of what's most saddening about it is that it's that effort to be wacky that just doesn't feel wacky, you know? Mm, yeah. It's very... Yeah, hollow wackiness. Wacky is no one is having fun with the wackiness they're doing. Yeah. There's a bit where, you know, Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle is on a planet. Oh, fuck. Who just, and he's like, wait, I can't breathe this atmosphere. And he explodes. And it's like, what? What? Yeah. What? And then, oh, this reminds me of the time that we took Rocky and Bullwinkle up into space. Like, it's just Family Guy at this point. Yeah. It is just Family Guy. No, or uh, Homer repeatedly cutting off his own hand and then using a technology to grow it back. And it's just like, I didn't but mind what? that, though. I didn't because mind it, but it was just like, again, what am I watching and why is this happening and why is he, he not bleeding? When he used that same technology to cut off Marge's hair and then yeah. tried to grow her back and he grew a hand. I enjoyed yeah. that a lot. 
Yeah. Well, certainly unexpected. I'll give it that. No, I did think that. And, you know, reminding of the whole thing that there was once an early draft of The Simpsons that had Marge with that. Rabbit she ears. was yeah hiding rabbit ears underneath her long blue hair. <sighs> oh, I keep trying to say everything in one sentence that I do not have the air for. Yeah, Elliot, have you heard of breathing? Or yeah. full stops. Try this it. new craze. The, the Simpsons writers haven't worked out yet, but maybe you can. Today we are sponsored by breathing. <laughs> do it before your sentences run out. <laughs> and full stops. Know when to finish your sentence. <laughs> but yeah, was there heart to be found? I, nope. They think there is when there's a whole uh, Homer's pretty much what goes, oh, I guess I should save my family instead of it being his number one priority as soon as he escapes. And it's just like, the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Yeah. You know, you know for a fact they're going to be eaten. Mm. And I guess that's the other thing that really pisses me off, because, yeah, they almost eat Homer. He gets teleported with these, uh, you know, peaceful hippie resistance. And then he goes back and is in the same position again. Mm. So we may as well not have had him saved at any point, because it was pointless. <laughs> the only bump that I got was just Maggie's joyous face on that. I just rode hard for that moment, just yeah. like Maggie being so entranced with this shitty theme park ride. It was one of the few times that I felt they have actually engaged with Maggie being a baby in yeah. a good long while and Very that was just times. a little bit heartwarming and that was definitely the yeah. only heart that was anywhere to it reminds be found. me when they go to like Mother Goose's um, little Wonderland thing yeah. and you know yeah. she watches the little pigs and Big Bad Wolf and it's just like <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't matter that it was extremely crappy. She, she she's, like, she's a baby. Yeah. She's the target audience. Two plus two is four. <laughs> yeah, like that stuff. That's amazing. Well, to be fair, that show is great. <laughs> <laughs> but the heart with the family deciding that Homer should go, I guess that... That was... No, that was awful. When they were like, we're going to eat one of you, but you get to decide. And they immediately start to vote. There's no, let's try and escape. There's no, we're not doing this. We're not playing your sick games. It's just straight to, everyone vote for Homer. <laughs> because I guess, again, like, recent Simpsons has given us nothing to attach to Homer except mm. the fact that he's a shitty person. Yeah. Like, and of course the rest of the family would vote for him immediately. And he's going to vote for Bart because he's petty. Yeah. And that's another one of the things that makes him shitty. Pretty much. He was he was totally willing to vote Bart. Yeah. He Eat used my to son be before me. a well-intentioned dullard. Yeah. Compare this to the Homer who, when faced with a bunch of angry reindeer, lifts Bart above his head, not protecting himself and taking full blow from angry reindeer because yeah. he's like you're my son and there comes a time in every father's life and goes, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i guess it's that he thought it'd be like at least somewhat split vote and then when Maybe he still when he has the writing on the wall and then changes it to the boy's father there's kind of a sweet moment mm. yes but it's it, within context it can't be though because you can't help but think of what that what not vo immediately voting yeah. for himself meant you know yeah. what else has a sweet note to it nerve gas yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna put that out there so much of it i think the reason that it lacks heart is that it feels like there's corporate chemtrails running through this whole <laughs> damn thing you know oh yeah it's it's high on some supplier definitely oh my yeah. god i feel like we're so far from you know, the average middle-class family that they're supposed to be, that the concept of heart just can't apply anymore. But ultimately, did it feel no. like an episode of The Simpsons? No. No. <laughs> Stop your words, Elliot. Yeah. That whole thing they say about Disney in particular is like, our cartoons may not have been the best, but they were the first. Mm. It's like, again, it's 
a pretty lazy parody of Disney anyway, but it still feels like that's the kind of thing that The Simpsons can say about itself. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we're not the best show anymore, but we did it first. Yeah, everyone like, is now copying us. Yeah, so. we planted the flag. It's like, ugh, Jesus, really? That's all you've got to go on? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah, the show as a whole is just going to feel off because they go into space for fuck's sake, but like, individual character integrity? Was that kind of there? Homer <sighs> referenced Grinder on a blackboard when he was trying to teach people about human history. Oh, yeah. What possible element of Homer's history could bring Grinder into the like equation? <laughs> and what is even the intention of, of the writers there? Like it doesn't seem necessarily problematic. It's just like how does this connect to anything? <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Lord no. Just to confirm it wasn't a fever dream. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, I just wish it was worse, you know? I know. Yeah. I, I want it to be more of a train wreck, because then it could be a cubic failure. <laughs> oh, and I'm so excited <laughs> to get into this. BT, what would you change? Oh, man. You can make an episode out of this. That's the thing. You just have to tear its entire guts out. <laughs> I have a reason other than being... Because the original Kang and Kodos, they're not eating the Simpsons. That's actually the point of that, how, yeah. that Treehouse of Horror. So to have them do it again and again ever since has been dumber and dumber, and this is dumb. So have another reason to have them there. I don't know what, but anything else virtually. just is just so boring. And yeah, have it less boring <laughs> is my short answer. Mm. Man, um... I don't even know. This is what I would need, like, a lot of time and a lot of just coffee, and I'd get you something. I don't know what, but uh, there's potential, because you have, listen, you have space, you have another planet, you have limitless potential, so they did the most boring, obvious, direct thing. Yeah, it's the universe. It is, as far as we know, infinite. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and so what do you do? Uh, we have them try to eat them, but Homer saves them all. Okay, mm. thanks. Mm. Bye. What do you reckon, David? Yeah, I reckon I've got this. Uh -huh. um, I, <laughs> what I would do is I would get them to make less references to Disney and to The Matrix and, you know, these sort of, like, outside parodies. Make much, much more references to things from The Simpsons. Like, you know, really go down that line of replaying all of the classic jokes. Like, do it just over and over and over again throughout the episode. Really, really hit them hard with that repetition. Mm -hmm. And then in that end sequence, when they have to vote with which of the Simpsons is going to get eaten, they all vote for Homer. Mm -hmm. Homer gets eaten. Mm -hmm. They go back home sit on the couch, and the very last couch gag is them just, like, Marge just sort of putting her hand on Bart's shoulder and saying, we'll get through this, honey. Holy and shit. that's the end of the fucking show. <laughs> then they <laughs> cannon end it. Homer got eaten <laughs> by aliens, <laughs> The Simpsons is done. <laughs> right, oh, right. man, as a last episode, it'd be fucking fitting. Imagine. <laughs> Look, as for what I'd change... The fact that Kang and Kodos are in a non-Halloween episode, which they also fucking lazily point out as well. Yeah. yeah. But then they're not in the episode after the kidnapping is kind of odd. And Fuck, I forgot about that. Like, because, yeah, from then on, we're just meeting an endless string of different Rigelians. Mm -hmm. And, like, it sort of feels disappointing that it doesn't incorporate these characters that have long been a part of the Simpsons canon, but not really because yeah. they're relegated to Treehouse of Horror. So I wish they played more of a part in this episode. I wish that it was more about, yeah, the Simpsons working together to try and escape and try to find a way back home. I know that's just as tacky as fucking the... We're already here, though. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah, exactly. we're already here. here. Mm. Like, this doesn't feel 
Ferry Simpsons because we're just not in Springfield at all in this episode. Yeah. We're starting in Disneyland. So that's the other thing I want to cut. I want to fucking fuck Disneyland right off it. Keep it in Springfield. Do like, because they've done Krusty Land before. It's not itchy and scratchy land. It's like a Krusty Land. So I mm-hmm. think you can essentially get to the same bit because I, I like yeah. the idea that they're going on a theme park ride that ends up being a spaceship. I actually think that's... That's fine. Yeah. yeah. And, but you could also parody other theme parks. It's not mm. like they've yeah. definitely gone down this Disneyland route before. Like at least do California Adventure Park. You know, like give us something. Yeah. Anything. Oh, the whole spelling with two Zs and two E's or whatever is like a reference to an old joke. Beyond lazy. Yeah. 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 And Man, there's I, so many more things. For sure, because I want to say, like, because they obviously have a hard-on for Star Trek, given everything at the end. Mm. So, you know what? Just pick an episode of that and base your episode off of that. So maybe they get taken up into space and Kang and Kodos are like, hey, we're having trouble with Tribbles and humans are good at wiping entire species out. You want to give this a crack? Yeah. I don't know, something. Well, that's the thing. Like, I grew up with a lot of Star Trek and I'm, I wouldn't call myself a Trekkie or anything, but, like, I understood every single reference that was in that last bit yep. still hated it. Yeah, like, hey, me too. But yeah. I mean, if that's what they want to do, then fucking do that. It's better than doing the nothing that they have done. Yeah, exactly. And especially, uh, it's a Futurama episode when they've done that, you know, where no fan has gone before episode where mm-hmm. they land on the Star Trek planet and all that shit. Well, that's a good episode. I know. And that's the thing when you have all this history of the Simpsons doing, uh, or Futurama, you know, mostly the same crew, doing all these things so well. Like, Homer has been to space in the fifth mm. season. Yeah. And it's an amazing episode. Phenomenal. Mm. So, that they miffed it this badly is... Uh... And that one was based on Apollo 13, another ah. good movie. Mm-hmm. There we go. With, yeah. the, with the goodest actor ever. With yeah. the goodest actor, goodest boy ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Who else was going to play Mr. Rogers? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, have you guys seen that movie, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? No, no. I want to. I have, and I really, really enjoyed it. Like, yeah. I didn't expect to at all. Warmed the cockles of the heart? It really actually did. Nice. Like, there's cool. one scene in particular that I go to in my head that was just, like, really quite profoundly caught my breath. I was just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's just very lovely. So, yes, yeah, I do recommend that. Nice to know there's something nice out there. Yeah, he is a nice boy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I watched the actual documentary about Mr. Rogers yes. on a plane once, and, like, I'm susceptible to being a very emotional person when I watch things on a plane, and, yeah, that one <laughs> fucking got me. And yeah, like... man, you watch snakes on a plane, and you were just bawling. <laughs> yeah, all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> These monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're here. <laughs> BT, any other notes? No, I mean, for sure, man. <laughs> um, when they first go to the park, a bunch of, like, pink squirrels frisk Homer, and then they all beat him, and one of them, like, turns the camera away. Mm. So they're aware a camera exists. So this is like a fourth wall break. Yeah. It's not good. It's stupid. It's also, like, referencing police brutality. It's like, is Homer the one to experience this? I don't yeah, know, but they're planting an acorn on him, and... What? Yeah, what? What is this? What is this whole fucking bit? I did, quote, I did like, there's a bit where they're predicting the future, and like, in the future, Life magazine will be 400 pages long. <laughs> mm. I kind of got a chuckle out of that. Uh, but again, when they've already done so many of these in the future bits, and especially, it was one of the things we really liked about Special Edna when yeah. they go to Epcot. I know, we've been here before, and they've done it better, and uh, uh, but whatever, we're moving on. The line for the bench is too long, I kind of like got a chuckle out of that. And just when I thought they peaked with benches in theme parks. Okay, let's look. 
a bench. bench. <laughs> Every time I sit on a bench, I think yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just to make sure I'm not giving this too much praise, we then have Kang and Kodos watch alien porn. What the fuck yeah. hell was this? That it was, was alien porn, Elliot. <laughs> alien porn. That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> you could see all the tentacles. <laughs> just the gif of Dean Pelton. I hope this hasn't awakened anything in me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the one-two punch of bad of watching uh, Alien give birth and then the rest, the, it's born immediately give birth again and again and again. Like, well, this is gross. And also then why does it stop? Because surely that's infinitum. But yeah. whatever. And this bit was actually in the previous episode, I Won't Be Home for Christmas, which we watched with Oscar. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were so proud of this episode coming up and this bit that in a rare thing in a simpsons episode they had a preview for the next week's episode and that was the joke that they decided to use to show what was happening so i remember oscar like because he didn't know anything about this episode he's like why did i watch aliens give birth to and then give birth again like what the (laughs) and it's like oh this wasn't a joke this is an actual preview for an actual episode that's coming up next on the simpsons forgot about that just fucking freeze whiskey into a bullet and shoot me in the head (laughs) fucking hell they were so proud of this episode yeah they were gonna make it into a fucking movie i thought the birth gag was kind of passingly amusing but the rest of it i just didn't care i just didn't want to have to watch it as well yeah like the sound like wah pop wah pop Oh, I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought, that, but I'm a, a notorious pervert. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll put that in your introduction next time. <laughs> Noted pervert. Yeah. Um, okay. Then we get this weird bit with one alien that looks like Lisa that walks up and commu- and like puts her hand against the glass, and Lisa puts her hand against glass, and so it throws her a ball, and Lisa throws it on the ground. It breaks, and she's like, "Why would you do that? It could be anything but a ball." It's like. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Is this like a mild reference to... Jeremy Sion? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps you'd like to bounce it. <laughs> That's what I thought. And yeah. then, yeah, again, they dropped it. Yeah, uh, they really did. They, they dropped, dropped the ball. The breakable <laughs> ball. <laughs> uh, the scream collector I kind of liked. Yeah. I also wrote that down. Yeah. yeah I didn't mind. Mostly just because of the delivery. Like, he's going through these different weapons. It's like skin, skin peeler, yep. eye popper, scream collector, at which Marge screams and he just gently puts it against <laughs> the face and goes, got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, delivery. Oh, this is weird as fuck bit. So immediately following the part where Homer wishes for the Flanders family to be dead, he immediately then has a fantasy about him murdering the hippie aliens who just helped him. And it's like, you must have such noble fucking, thoughts. Cute uh, fucking thought bubble like, joke. Like, make it... Like, remember when they go to the thought bubble once when Homer's like, my mind's going a mile a minute. It's just a mule with a fly flying around it. <laughs> that would have been funnier. Mm. But this was just like, why do you want to murder the people who literally just saved your life, you stupid fuckwad? Mm. <laughs> ah. I feel like there's so much in this episode that you could draw out and just that, be angry at. But yeah. it, it just feels so unnecessary as an effort on our part. I, you know? I feel like I'm yelling at a spitball, which is why I keep using the word fuckwad. <laughs> it's like, you can't even berate it. Yeah. Anyway, and my final note is stop, 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 stop. <laughs> which I believe I saw you start writing during the first ad break. <laughs> no, that was why. <laughs> why and stop. <laughs> it's time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. failure. 
Mm. Maybe if the episode was just, mm, you give it participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold. But for the best, of the very best, the episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Uh, look, I could have very easily gone a participant on this one because it was more dull than anything. But I think it is a failure because... Like I said, I could actually get on board with The Simpsons going into space. It's mm. not my biggest problem with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> the, the fact that they do and it's just such a nothing of an episode, I feel like it goes for a far out premise and if you're going to take us out that far, mm. let's fucking have some fun here. And mm-hmm. we don't. Failure. David, what are you ranking it? Yeah, you're going out into the uh, universe. You excuse have me, no- I, that was a David Malloy noted pervert. Oh, yes, thank you. Yeah, thank right, you. Julian. Full title. It's my, full, my full legally required title. Um, Rigelian fetishist. <laughs> yeah, you're taking us out into the universe. You can do literally anything, as both of the franchises you've attempted to parody in this episode have proven, mm. and you've done nothing with it. It's a failure. And it's not, I'm not mad, but it's just they've <laughs> failed at what they have set out to do. So even as like as a creative task rather than an episode that I'm watching, it's a failure. And BT, finish it off. I mean, just echoing the same sentiments, because other ones we've... I mean, I'm failing. But other ones we've failed with, like, full rage, like, you know, Camp Crustier, or What to Expect When Bart's Expensive, or... Expecting. <laughs> or, uh, Lisa, oh, yeah, that really controversial child yeah. trafficking one. <laughs> He's expensive. He's a bad boy. Uh, or Lisa Goes Gaga. We, there's, like, a reaction of revulsion when I think about those episodes. This one I'm going to struggle to remember. And for where the concept is they go to another planet, there should be something remarkable about that. And the fact that there isn't is stunning in the weirdest way. Yeah. How do you make this boring? And yet... They did it. So, as much as I would love to give it cubic failure, the unofficial rank, it's just a regular (laughs) failure, which is stunning. All right. We have all given it a failure. That's a unanimous failure. We are giving this episode the index finger. (laughs) This will be the fourth episode from season 26 to be given the finger. Oh, rough. It'll be joining Let's Go Fly a Coot, which is an episode I do not fucking remember. Something about Grandpa is all I know. Oh, and... But starts hanging out with Milhouse's cousin, who's played by Clarice Van Houten, and he gets oh, into e-cigarettes. Right? Yeah, oh, that's a right. Vape episode. Yeah, fucking pointless. <laughs> uh, the Musk who fell to Earth, which stars Elon Musk. But and what's he doing in Springfield? Uh, getting his dick sucked by everybody. Oh my god! <laughs> Better than having his ass eaten. <laughs> yeah. Like it is the opposite. I missed the reference there. <laughs> oh, they eat part of Homer's butt. Yes, oh, in, this episode. in the yeah. episode we just watched. Again, it's just got sailed directly <laughs> yeah, out of my I know, head. Yeah, I know. And also, Clown in the Dumps, when Krusty's father dies. Mm, what should have been an impactful episode was not. Soulless and terrible. All right, before we move on, is that reputation justified? Well, in tribute to Shatner, is that reputation justified? <laughs> yeah, they couldn't even do a decent Shatner parody know, now. What are they doing? <laughs> Shatner is a, his own parody he's now. Like, he's well doing it. Yeah. He's on board. <laughs> Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Dennis, the wild card. Perkins. <laughs> In no surprise, he gave this episode a D+. That's low. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> On the Dennis Perkins scale, that's like low. Well, yeah, AV Club rarely go into the Ds. Like, yeah. like isn't D just flat D the lowest? Like, or is it this yeah. is Dennis Perkins. This episode went into daycare and kicked my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> 
He says, It would be a lot easier to make the case that The Simpsons still has value if the people behind the show seem to give a damn. <laughs> but an episode like The Man Who Came to Be Dinner is a product of such slapdash, breezy disregard for what makes The Simpsons The Simpsons, mm. that it functions as a dispiriting signpost to the show's hastening irrelevance. Nice. Fist bump through time and space there, Dennis. Nailed it. <laughs> Alright guys, let's move on to the teens era. We're going to watch I Don't Want to Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. I don't know what that's a reference to. It's a reference to I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, I want to say. Huh. Sure, why not? We'll look it up in the break. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode. This was Season 19, Episode 4, I Don't Want to Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. First released in October of 2007, it was directed by Bob Anderson, written by Dana Gould. We don't have a thing for Dana Gould. There you go. I also saw that he EP'd on this as well. Yeah, so sort of mid to late teens, Dana Gould was, yeah, yeah. doing a lot of jobs for The Simpsons and has a fair few writing credits yeah. on them, yeah. Fun fact, I keep forgetting Dana Gould is a dude because my only Dana reference is Dana Scully from Exiles. Ah. Another fun <laughs> fact, Dana Gould was also the voice of Gex, yeah. the, <laughs> the really? competitor to Mario and Sonic. The yeah, he was quite invested. Yeah. In he did a lot of writing on that game as well. It's <laughs> fucking wild. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fascinating. Yep. His greatest role. <laughs> In this episode, Marge gets into a bank hostage situation similar to some movie named Dog Day Afternoon. Mm-hmm. And the prisoner gives himself up on the condition that Marge goes, visits him in prison, which she doesn't do. So he breaks out of prison and kidnaps her and takes her to a theme park. Anyway, we'll get into that. Guys, what do you think? Another theme park. Yeah. Accidental ah. theme park playlist. Mm. Accidental theme? I'm seeing hey. the theme of park. Hey. Maybe, except I know the next episode we're going to watch, so no. no. <laughs> it will not carry through. <laughs> had some fun. Yeah. Yeah, this was quite a warm, bubbly episode of The Simpsons that I've never seen before, yep. which is interesting. Like, it made me nostalgic for the old stuff without being the old stuff. Yeah, I think this is, yeah, very much teen story, but pretty good jokes. Hmm. Yeah, I think I mentioned before that effort that they were making in the HD era to make things that were darker, a little bit edgier, whatever. Like, this episode nails that line Mm. so well. Like, all of the slightly darker jokes are very funny. I found myself laughing out loud quite often. Mm. Yeah, no, I was surprised. um, uh, Let's start out with the questionnaire. David, we'll start with you this time. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Uh, Look, what stood out to me is that before this episode, uh, for the benefit of the listener, Elliot suggested that I watch Dog Day Afternoon or ask me if I'd seen it. Which I hadn't, and because I'm trying to watch so many movies this year, yeah. <laughs> I whacked it on, and God, I'm glad I did, because it's one of the best that I've seen this yeah. year. It's phenomenal. It only really makes up for, I guess, a small part of this episode, but the little dog day touches they have are so on point, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, it is very fitted to that movie. You know, the off-colour gay joke aside, whatever, at least it's not Mm. too bad. But, like, I thought that little part of it stood out to me as being a great offshoot for an episode that then wasn't just Dog Day Afternoon. It was then briefly a send-up of the Shawshank Redemption and then briefly its own thing. And that was great. That's a great model for an episode. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, this is one that, I mean... 
play count. I've only seen it once before and the dog day afternoon portion of it played a bigger role in my mind. Right. Maybe it's because I saw this episode so soon after seeing dog day afternoon myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just was like, yeah, this episode has done so many of those slight little visual touches, like the fumbling with the gun on the present box. And yeah, <laughs> uh, the whole robbery is pretty damn hilarious. Like I like when, yeah, the second robber bursts out and he goes, this is the robbery. Like the same one. We're not separate robberies. <laughs> <laughs> I particularly love that the silly wacky die pack gag yeah. of everything yeah. being a die pack, including the guy behind the counter. Is anyone else a die pack? Bang! <laughs> it's like, oh, didn't you say diabetic? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, incredibly accurate to like the source material and yeah. also very funny. Oh, because in prep, because I haven't seen Dog Day Afternoon for a while, I watched mm. a few key scenes on YouTube and like the whole, you know, don't touch the alarms, get away from the alarms. And he does that, you know, don't touch the alarm, <laughs> shoots it and it goes off anyway. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> there were a couple of those sort of like, damn it, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. kind of gags. And like, it, it works for me because it's, the idiocy of the moment that sells it, you know? Well, it is a bit of a reference because, yeah, the the whole thing with Dog Day Afternoon is these guys are sloppy and they're not good at it. don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. God, I love that movie. (laughs) Yeah. And they did sort of a visual reference to the actor, I hope I'm saying his name right, John Gazzali, who was also Fredo in The Godfather. Mm. Oh, of course he was. That's Sal in Dog Day Afternoon, right? Yeah. I will say it helps pronunciation if you move your arms when you say it. John Gazzale. John Gazzale. Oh, yeah, right, thank you. Right, a bit right. more, ta- a bit more yeah. wog in there. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I should, I should clarify. My mother's maiden name is Tessarero. I'm allowed oh. to use that word. <laughs> you think you mean Tessarero? Tessarero. This doesn't yeah, really work exactly. when I'm doing it on a podcast. Thank, I'm moving you, my arms along. You know my people so well. <laughs> it legitimately helps. I don't yeah. know. It's the bouncy nature of syllables. Look, to be honest, like there were, you know, like a point. Oh God, like a decade ago when I was in mm. Rome, and you know, like you try and speak little bits of yeah, other yeah. people's languages, and you get varying responses most of the time especially in europe they'll just speak english so they're like oh okay you don't know our language that's fine you gave it a Um, crack it's fine (laughs) with this one italian guy i spoke to who clearly didn't speak any english Mm. he was like i could see the moment in his head where he went okay i know how to make them understand and he just gestured bigger (laughs) it was brilliant i was like this is perfect this is this people in a nutshell and i love them (laughs) mime speaks every language <laughs> so I've gotten through a lot of situations through mime. Yeah. <laughs> so because I was like, yeah, he's great in, as Fredo. He's great as Sal. What's he up to lately? And yeah, John Cazale died in 1975. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, you're kidding. Dog Day Afternoon was the last movie released while he was still alive. Oh my wow. god! Well, what, honestly, what did he die of? Because that's pretty. He, he was a chain smoker and wow. yeah, lung cancer. Wow. There's a scene in Dog Day Afternoon where he's refusing to smoke because he says, "I don't want to get the cancer." <laughs> <laughs> that breaks my heart. Mm. Oh my god! And you know who was by his side a lot during his final months in hospital? I mean, Meryl Streep. Yes. What? What? Yep. <laughs> my go-to wrong answer is right. I knew it. I... One day. Okay. What? <laughs> Sorry, Meryl Streep is my go-to wrong answer. Whatever. He's like, and who was this guest voice playing Bob Saget? Uh, right. Meryl Streep. But, sorry, Mel Streep was... At Meryl his... Streep was right by his bedside during his final months. Uh, was and, she uh... portraying a nurse and, like... <laughs> she's very versatile. So. No, uh, believe it or not, some actors can be friends. Yeah. <laughs> wow, good on her. That's beautiful. But, you know, on the point of that topic, can you guys guess who was playing Dwight in this episode? I'm so sad now. <laughs> <laughs> was it Steve Sashimi? S- pardon? <laughs> Steve Buscemi. 
Steve Bruschetto. Steve, Steve Buscomy. Buscomy. Yay, I was right. I didn't want to throw it out there sort of blindly because I was like, they made a lot of bug-eyed jokes. They really did. I felt like it was so... It was diminishing returns. Yeah. <laughs> you think maybe they were like, now, Steve, we swear we wrote these bug eye jokes before we cast you. But I mean, also, you yeah, <laughs> you could like say that they're casting aspersions on Hal Pacino just as easily. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, particularly the best one, obviously, was look me in the eyes and say that much in the close up <laughs> of space eyes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Marge, like constantly saying bug eyes, you know, very mm. molly, molly, molly. Austin oh, Powers yeah. Sort of joke. Big Austin no, Power vibe. Even Snake, where he's like, dude, people don't like you. You're mm. clingy and bug eyed. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of Snake, one of the other guest stars of this episode, Julia Lu- Street. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to stop doing it, and now it's come through. We're going to keep it going. Yep. We breathed new life into it. No, no. It was uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus returning as Gloria in a little bit part. Uh, you know, yeah. that was pretty cute. Who's to be Gloria? Snake's girlfriend. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. The one who said she'd kill people for him. Yeah. Yep. Okay, fine. Yeah, she is a bit of a messed up unit. Oh, it's it's a kind of an underusing of Julia Louise Dreyfus, though. Like, yeah. she's amazing. She had a prominent part in her first episode as Gloria, mm. like, as Mr. Burns' girlfriend. Yep. Right. And, and it turned out she used to date Snake and ends up running away with Snake. She mm. just likes bad boys. That sounds yeah. familiar. I think they brought her in, like, five times, like, just for little yeah. bit parts. I guess it's the thing of if they couldn't get her, they just have someone else fill in, but she's been available, so sure. Yeah. Mm. And also playing himself, Ted Nugent. Mm. <laughs> There's just a person that I'm upset got money. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not super familiar with Ted Nugent. I did think the like, if we don't allow our kids to have crossbows in school, how will they protect themselves from charging elk? It was yeah. quite good. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's his whole thing. He's a right wing gun nut, and he's one of these people that actually a lot of bands that like cite him as an inspiration. Mm. Huh. And so, yeah, going back and looking at his catalog, I'm like. Ah, he really likes himself, and <laughs> he thinks he's a very good guitarist when he's just okay. Like, right? Uh, at risk of fucking up my Spotify, this was his big song. My Spotify is already kind of fucked up this week because I just came back from a family vacation Uh. and we did a (laughs) day trip out to Rottnest Island on a boat and just as a joke, as a bit, I put on the Yacht Rock playlist, but my family were genuinely enjoying it. Oh, no. Just fucking, yeah. Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. I'm unfamiliar. Oh, really? Mm. It's like... It's I'm on a boat on loop. (laughs) (laughs) Like Doobie Brothers and... A doody doody do. A doody doo. Uh, I have interviewed one of the Doobie Brothers. Oh, wow. really? <laughs> yeah. How'd that go? It went fine. I'm pretty sure he was fairly high when we spoke. <laughs> you would assume. Yeah. <laughs> like, sort of the more cheesier sort of, uh, like, Steely Dan mm. and yeah. Hall and Oates. Right. Toto would be considered. Right. Yeah. I would never diss Toto, though. Come Sail Away by Sticks, obviously. <laughs> like, they're all bands that have excellent songs, but like... I'm not listening to their B-sides, is what no. I'm saying. We talked about South Park earlier. The only version, to this day, the <laughs> only version of Come Sail Away I've heard mm. is the Cartman version. <laughs> I heard a guy do that at karaoke once. It was good. That's As Cartman. He, he nailed the impression, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, I love that. 
Chef Aid is very good. Mm. Oh, one of the most influential albums of my, <laughs> my teenage years. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. I can't believe we haven't even started the question. We got so yet. far <laughs> off. And it's like not that bad an episode to get no. this far off the tracks with. BT, what stands out to you for better or worse? I'll make mine quick. I like that Marge is watching a daytime movie basically about her exact predicament where a guy's waiting for his mother to show up for his execution and his list of nicknames for the electric chair. <laughs> is just, I ain't afraid of old Sparky, the hot seat, the kilowatt couch, the deaf Davenport, the electric lap, the cook crooker, the scotch, scotch stool. stool. That was the one I wrote down because I didn't I have time to write all of them. I likely managed to find them in time. <laughs> well, you should give up hope. No, don't give up hope, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Stabbo. But yeah, the death Davenport. Johnny Stabbo. <laughs> I think that's what I really liked about this joke because, yeah, it's the tacky thing of she just happens to be watching something that happens to be perfectly mirroring her situation. But because they nailed the style, the aesthetic, the language and the delivery, it's like... And it was so quickly paced as well. Like There's that one bit with a whole bunch of wacky names in the electric chair with a priest and then him just sitting there, but where is Ma? I've given up hope. Yeah, you better give up hope there. (laughs) No, like the actors were so on top form in that. and Mm. You know, we talk a lot about the HD era lacking atmosphere and music and all that sort of stuff but it had like the tape hiss and the music and all that yeah it was really good in that and the gags were almost all hits like there weren't any sort of egregious failures that kind of popped up flat but nothing i was like yeah but like even the flat ones it was Mm. that sort of thing where like you'd say the joke and the response is like that's funny yeah you know like you still get like the little acknowledgement there's some craft there there's some Mm. structure there there's a core to it that is like that could elicit a chuckle at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Like we were talking about the dark humor before. He was like talking about how his mother abandoned him at the theme park. Exactly and the like, one. All I got to remember it is this caricature. <laughs> <laughs> Boo hoo, I miss my mummy. <laughs> Oh, but that's incredible! <laughs> so like, good, and yeah, it gets worse. Like the more you think about it, like the character <laughs> artist is just oh, come on, kid! You're, you're just bawling, you little wuss. <laughs> so good, um, so good. Uh, him breaking out of the prison and being announced on the news that he is going to return to prison once he's tied up one little loose end, which the police have stated is more than fair. <laughs> yeah, or I like the newspaper he has of Marge is like bank robbery hostage goes home to seven forty two Evergreen Terrace. <laughs> Yeah. Alarm code. <laughs> yeah, this was like a real good string of jokes as well. Because, yeah, he does the Shawshank yeah. escape through the poop, crawling through miles and miles of shit. Like, yep. uh, I can't even imagine. And then, yeah, sees the pipe next to him. Pure mountain spring water. Yeah. I think we all got a good laugh out of that. Yeah. yeah. That was another one of the damn it jokes yeah. that just nailed it. Well, it's one of these things. And I remember like a Futurama joke that's sort of the same where just having water would have been mildly amusing. Yeah. But adding the extra pure bit mountain. Of, yeah pure mountain spring water is so much more evocative <laughs> like there's a joke where fry's just slumping in the streets and then he gets hit by garbage and then he looks above and the pipe above it says zoo garbage like it's just <laughs> a slight little touch that just makes it that specific yeah, and, rule yeah. of comedy is specific is funnier yeah yeah well, i guess that's what stands out to me the escape scene that uh, was my idea to bring all that up also the What's his name? Sorry. Uh, Dwight David Diddledopper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> him hiding in the back of Marge's car and popping up as soon as Marge got in and saying, hello, Marge, and he's in the wrong car, <laughs> and the identical car directly next to her. That's fucking dumb, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a dumb gag. It's so good. Oh, absolutely. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? 
yeah, again, it's all those most, ah, damn it, kind of wackies, but nothing yeah. that's, you know, essential to the plot or, like, so outlandish that it really, really stood out from memory. Dwight does drop himself into the gears of a pirate ride. To... It's doable. <laughs> it was a bit silly of a self-sacrifice, but at the same time, it also kind of made me think back, look, it's a reach, but it made me think back to Dog Day Afternoon and that sort yeah. of, like, the heart of the character, you know, like, finding something pretty potent and pretty nice in that. I thought it was throwaway, and it was a bit silly, like... Yeah. Yeah, eh, it works. Does well, the job. To be fair, his uh, replacement mother asked him to. So true. You know, it's a true. psychological thing. Yes, there's yeah. heart there. Mm. Where, like, ironically, the relationship of the character this is based on, Sonny from mm. DDA, as it will now henceforth be a DDA yeah. re- revolution. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, oh man, I want to play DDA revolution. Now. <laughs> yeah. You just have to dance to, you know. Um, Goddamn name. I'm dancing. I'm fucking dancing. Back away. Get the fuck away. Back away. Attica. 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 That's Attica. What I was trying to, well, that was the bit I was going for. I was trying to remember the actor. Al Pacino. You have, yeah. to, you have to dance to him singing Attica. Attica. <laughs> so just step left. Step left. Step left. Negotiate. Negotiate. Release the hostage. <laughs> You completed the afternoon. Get ready for a dog day night. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Hold your gun up in the air. Hold your gun up in the air. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers for Dog Day Afternoon, yeah, by yeah. the way. I mean, no, I like that we're combining Time Crisis and DDA. <laughs> I saw a note of wackiness when Homer's half awake and then he walks into Maggie's room and Adam puts her on as a tie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. I very got a good, good laugh out of that. Yeah, it's the one part of the plot that I'm like, hmm, that wasn't well realized homer like why wasn't marge going with him at the same time but the idea was he was going so early to make sure he didn't miss it and yeah. Marge was just going to go later when she'd done smerins which is yeah. uh, uh, fine and you know he's bringing maggie as well but yeah. yeah yeah the whole thing of like and then him using the bottle as cologne yeah Ooh, baba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we actually covered a lot of the wackiness already in our so. in- initial chat so yeah how about the heart of this episode what do we think about that I mean, bits and pieces. You got the relationship with uh, character and Marge, <laughs> his whole lost Dwight. mother thing. Dwight, thank you very much. And Dwight, also David be- Diddlehopper. <laughs> Diddlehopper. And just before that, even Marge calling up Homer to be like, I'm in a hostage situation and I might not make it home. And if I die, you're free to remarry from the list that's in the cupboard. <laughs> that was the standout bit for me yeah. as well. And uh, the only name I got was Booberella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Leah, like the bulletin board also said at the bottom, also feed the cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that was something that we didn't see in the Alien episode was that genuine like love and care that they have for each other for each other yeah Yeah. so you know he's trying to give her advice and of course all the advice is like stay as panicked as possible (laughs) try to be a hero (laughs) but he's actually genuinely concerned for her and after the bulletin board gag he runs in just for an excellent callback (laughs) runs into the cop and says what's going on in there my current wife is in there (laughs) (laughs) well Marge did say it was cool (laughs) yeah exactly I I thought that was great (laughs) yeah Homer's on sort of rare top form because like you kind of get the impression that it's going to be a bit jerk arsey at the start yeah. but no he comes through and it does actually set up well for marge not making it well yeah because it's like you said the first act fuck you it's not like a proper sort of middle finger to the audience but it is that kind of thing where it's a diversion yeah. like this isn't going to be another episode about homer being kind of a lax dad and not a shitty person no. just a bit of a lax dad and so they resolve that very quickly he finds finally tries and succeeds at being a better parent mm-hmm. and then lo and behold the only reason Marge isn't there is because blah 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 yeah, yeah. like it's great it's it really good it, plotting yeah. 
No, and I feel like it actually successfully misleads the audience to thinking it is going to be Homer mm. sort of fucking it up. He's like, oh, I've got an hour and 52 minutes or something specific <laughs> like that. I'm going to work on my Superman novel. And you think, oh, how is this going to get him out of the building? And it's like, no, he stays. He yeah, works. And his novel, like, make way for Superman, said Superman, chapter two. Yeah. <laughs> Beating everyone at the coffee bean, I think. Yeah. So I think the ending of this episode, I think they kind of miffed it a bit with too much of the, like, snarky relationship stuff, not only with Wiggum and Lou, but also with Hibbert and Krusty. Yeah. Mm. I don't feel like I would say it often, but I feel like you could cut Krusty out of this episode completely and it yeah. would not suffer. I really like Hibbert in this because he gets when Dwight falls into the gears at the end and Marge yeah. is saying, is he going to be okay? Is he all right? And he's like, he's fine. Not you and me fine, <laughs> <Yeah>. but fine. <laughs> no, and in this era where Simpsons have started to turn their secondary characters into being so catchphrasy, yeah, it's nice yeah. that Hibbert was a bit fleshed out and wasn't doing his usual <laughs> routine. Didn't do a single laugh. Good yeah. on him. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Sure. Yes, very Mar- much Marge so. Marge has a moral dilemma. Homer is trying to be a better person. All works. Yeah, even then, like, you know, I was bitching about the whole Star Trek thing in the last yeah. episode. So there's a good 32 years between this and Dog Day Afternoon. I think it enhances it to have seen Dog Day Afternoon, yeah, exactly. but you don't need it. I was going to yeah. say, the big difference is if you didn't know Star Trek, you wouldn't get the end of the last episode. Whereas this one, if you don't know these references, that's fine. They still make sense. Yeah, she's involved in a bank robbery. One yeah. of them's sort of an okay guy. He climbs his way out of the you know shit pipe and stands next to the pure mountain water pipe. Yeah, I've yeah. never watched a single prison film, but that's a funny joke. Mm. Like, yeah. they're... Painting it in recognisable aesthetics, but they're still selling it on the strength of the joke. Yeah, absolutely. But yes or no, would you watch this one again? Sure. Yeah, just to see Marge panic chucking the phone into the trash compactor. <laughs> Enjoyed that a lot. And just, it wouldn't grind. <laughs> <laughs> Damn these study phones. <laughs> Actually, you know what's perfect is the... Talking about that dark tone to the gags, mm-hmm. it's set up so well when Homer is driving past and sees a car accident, and he's like, oh, I'll just take three minutes to have a like yeah. cheeky gag, and it has a look at you know what's going on with the car crash and says, oh, everyone's okay. Yeah. It's, that's the tone of all of the jokes in this episode, yeah. is that, oh, everyone's okay, kind of like, <laughs> it's great. It's tapping into something a bit nasty and animal, a bit lizard brain yeah, about, about all us, of us who, but who... without being necessarily vindictive. Yeah, we all rub a neck accidents. Oh, for sure, yeah. 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 And again, with misleading the audience, like, the fact that Homer is there when Lisa's getting the award is like, oh. Oh, shit. I did not expect that. (laughs) He didn't just get distracted and flake and run off on something else. Yeah. 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 And, like, Homer and Lisa having genuine father-daughter relationships is always really lovely. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, episodes that we'd like to watch again, we like to think about what playlist would put them in. So... What episodes remind you of this one and would pair well with it? I'm sure there's been a bank robbery before. I just think, like, all the movie reference episodes, like Streetcar and Mm -hmm. um, others. Green Mile. Can yeah, I? Yeah. yeah. Can I ask? Is this Gil's last episode? I know, because Gil gets shot. I a don't want lot. this to be the last episode for old Gil. Actually, if I have one particular joke, I really didn't like. It was him just getting shot a lot. Like, yeah, like once. Robocop shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and he definitely returns in the HD era. Like, I don't know if he just said something like, "Oh, good thing I was wearing bulletproof vest." Even then, pants he gets and, shot everywhere. It's yeah, it's nasty, yeah. bulletproof shoes and. Bulletproof jock strap, like mm-hmm. I think that would have just or saved even just that bit. like put his head up and go, "Hey, workers' comp," and then yeah, there out. we go. You know, something to say he's alive at least, but 
Yeah, he's very short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to short. Yeah. Put this in with uh, Lisa's pony for, you know, that's the one where Homer is running late and doesn't bring her read and she's embarrassed on stage. This is a good counterpoint to that with the one where he does make it. Yeah. Oh, and Marge's PTSD where mm. she gets robbed and then she gets jacked up on steroids, which links and to the And then makes yeah. a Godfather reference. Y- ah, yeah, there we go. Huh. And then rapes Homer. That's an unfortunate part of the episode. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> Marge gets jacked up on steroids and rapes Homer. I feel like I remember this. It yeah. sucks because that episode might have been a gold, but the ending is just totally cooked. Yep. What the fuck, yeah. Simpsons? Yeah. All right, David, what would you like to change about this episode? I think I've already mentioned I would take Krusty out of it because I just feel yeah. like the Krusty jokes just aren't really on point. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'd probably do a bit more with the gay joke they said. Oh, what was it? Oh, it's Johnny and Clyde. Yeah. Like, at least it's sort of in passing, but mm. everyone has a giggle at them and everything. But I just like, I don't know. I feel like if I was going to talk about the sexual politics of Dog Day Afternoon in a throwaway joke, I'd do it a bit better than that. Yeah, yeah especially like we we're talking off pod and it's like... That's surprisingly a great take for a mid seventies thing exploring, yeah, the sexuality and trans woman and yeah, it's um, incredible. Like, like, and I know that you know a big thing of looking back on movies from the seventies, eighties, whatever, is like understanding their context and yeah. knowing that they can be dated and that times have changed, blah blah blah. But that movie's woke AF, like yeah. it's crazy. And I keep forgetting his name in the movie, Fredo Sal. Sal. Yeah, him going at one point that. They're saying I'm gay on the news. I, I'm not gay. I need you to tell them I'm not gay. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I'll do that. And it's yeah. like, it's, it's so sweet. It's yeah. so... Like, he may as well have said in that moment, not that there's anything wrong well, with that. Yeah, like, but, but my favourite exchange with the two of them is, because that it taps into other characteristics of Sal's, is like, we're going to get a helicopter out of here. We're gonna The helicopter's mm. going to take us to a jet. We're going to fly to any country we want to go to. Like, we're going to go to Algeria. What, what country you want to go to? Yeah. And Sal says, Wyoming. <laughs> like and he's like Sal that's not a con-. you know it, yeah. it, it's beautiful like there's such a a depth to that relationship and I totally yeah. understand the Simpsons like you know not digging into that they've used the aesthetics of Dog Day Afternoon mm-hmm. and I think they did a great job but like honestly I think had I not been sort of given the heads up by you this would have been one of those things where it was like oh they're parodying Dog Day Afternoon maybe I should go and watch that because yeah. it's been on my watch list forever And then I would have had this beautiful discovery. So I think that's the other wonderful thing of something referencing like this Mm. is you get that opportunity to go, oh, they're talking about blah. Maybe I'll go and like you you get to see this thing that becomes really important to you, you know? Uh, how about you, BT? What would you like to change? Oh, um, I think I kind of want a B-plot in this one, just to kind of let the A-plot breathe a little bit. Because mm. it's just, I want a little bit, especially for the passage of time. Because we see Marge, three times, plan to go to the prison and then find something else to do. But if you'd interstitch that with like another plot, it could have felt like it was taking place over longer, whereas it feels like it happens all in the same week or something like that. Yeah, I've got it. Wacky Homer business plan. Mm-hmm. Baby tie. <laughs> do, 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 baby tie. God. 
But yeah, that's really my only main point. I think it just would have punched up the A-plot a little bit to take a break from it every now and then. Yeah, I think that's a solid point. And there could have been potential from Lisa winning student of the millennium to sort of break yeah. off from that as well. Or maybe Homer starts learning hostage negotiations. Or he finishes his Superman novel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, starts shopping it around to you know, publishers. And yeah. the post credit sequence is the Snyder cut. Of his, <laughs> like, his yeah, people outside, release the Simpson cuts! <laughs> Yeah, look, just going over my notes as well, I actually think that the episode didn't start out great. And sort of with its establishing Homer as historically a bad parent, Mm. I think there were just some jokes that didn't quite land for me. Like the negotiating about his blood alcohol level, I didn't really think much of. And the cutaway to the daddy-daughter dance where Skinner was... I almost like it because Skinner's like, I am certified to have a child-parent conversation. It's like I like the idea he's somehow certified to do that. Yeah, he went to a day course. It wasn't really worth the cutaway for it. (laughs) I will say that entire scene does feel like they can just hit their quota for Bart Lisa lines. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Homer having the think-brain fight, they've done that joke better before. (laughs) Too many times, I liked it okay enough, but yeah, it's been done. I did really like Lisa's response to getting the Student of the Millennium Award. It's like, you know, the Millennium's (laughs) only just started, so it's not really anything, but they gave it to me. (laughs) Like, I really enjoyed that. And I like Skinner giving out the award, going, well, ideally, the school will be full of Lisa Simpsons, but unfortunately, the rest of you exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's so Lisa's character that she's an overachiever and she wants to appear to be really humble and stuff just like yay i got an award Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i think we are here bt any other notes naturally uh i like that one of the things that strikes marge is a dreidel blowout sale (laughs) (laughs) and especially they have like the inflatable rabbi on the top of the building yeah (laughs) shlomo judicus (laughs) (laughs) that is pretty good then at the carnival they have uh dilbert's flying cubicle Oh, um, I missed that. Yeah, as a fan of the Dilbert animated series, or at least I was, I haven't seen it for like 15 years. But uh, still, the guy who made it is a turd. Uh, he he oh, made it turn he for the cancelled. worst. Fuck. I don't know if he got oh, cancelled. As... Did he get cancelled? I, know, I yeah. know he's become very, very conspiratorial Ugh. and very weird about it too, which is a shame. He had yeah, some really like, funny I'm material. I'm not sure if it's necessarily like me too level kind of situation, but he is a turd. Yeah. Mm, big yeah. turd. Real sad. Uh, and also at the carnival is just a sign gag of one of the rides just called It's a Long Line. <laughs> uh, and that is all my notes. How about you, David? Any other notes? The fact that the couch gag was kind of good this time and it reminded me of Hereditary. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Maggie uh, using Tiny Homer as a dummy. Yeah. Is that what that movie's about? I haven't seen it yet. Well, it involves miniatures. There's no babies sucking miniatures, but like miniatures are miniatures involved. Miniatures and shitting yourself. Right. <laughs> Figuratively, not literally. It's really good. Go see it. Is it like that Adventure Time movie where Finn gets the bag of all the people in no. the world? Oh, of if who? there's one thing I've thought about Hereditary, it's that it's exactly like Adventure Time. <laughs> <laughs> The fun will never end, hereditary. (laughs) Speaking of songs, we had Australia's own Men at Work make an appearance in this episode over a montage that I actually didn't think much of uh, over Who Can It Be Now. It was weird to have this escaped prisoner who's on the loose and then have a fun music montage. "Mm." Yeah. Surely he would just beeline it to Marge and not bide his time like he did. But whatever. It's another gag that they've done before. But again, it paid off in the identical car gag, which yeah. is yeah. My, easily my favourite thing in the episode. But yeah, I'm, I'm thinking in this moment, how can they make stalking funny? And yeah. then they do a joke <laughs> with Mo at the change rooms, which, yeah, nah. How can we make stalking funny without using a Sting song? (laughs) (laughs) I know, men at work. (laughs) And we get a squeaky-voiced Mexican team. Hmm. 
Hmm. Who was uh, running the uh, yeah. pirate ship? Yeah. Oh yeah. What was that about? Well, because uh, that was I dropped your taco in the deep fryer, <laughs> but like the ethnic version. Yeah, for no particular reason. Well, we've actually noticed this in a string of episodes that we've done. Like in the Regina monologues, there was mm. a British squeaky voice teen working yep. at uh, <laughs> Judy, Judy Dench's <laughs> Fish and Chips. <laughs> <laughs> and in the Australian episode, of course, you know, I'd have called him Chaz Wazers. Yeah. So. <laughs> Easily the best. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's just one for every country. Yeah, why is. not? It's time to rank this thing. BT, your turn to go first. I will give this a bronze. I had a pretty good time. It needs a little bit of something else to pep it up, and that's kind of my disappointment. But that something else is kind of hard to define. I would say a mm. B plot, maybe just for pacing, for the sense of time duration, and uh, again, I think having a breath from the A plot would build it up a bit more. Yeah, I'm going a silver on this one. Like. Honestly, if the start and end were just that much punchier, mm. I might have gone gold on this one because, yeah, I had, a, I had a real fun time. And I can sort of forgive some of those sort of weaker story elements because, as it is, I think it's a perfectly fine episode. Mm. Perfect for a dog day afternoon. Oh. David, you're finishing it off. Well, first of all, get in the bin for that last show. <laughs> um, well, look, I feel like it's kind of an unfair metric to rate it by. But, like, one of the things that I love about Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is that it <laughs> led me to the Fury. Uh, you know, oh, I meant to check that out. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I love about this is that it led me to Dog Day Afternoon, which is now probably going to go among, like, some of my favorite movies. Uh, mm. It really blew me away. And I think the episode stands pretty well on its own legs. So I'm going to give it a cute silver. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good, yeah, it's a good solid episode. It reminded me of, it made me nostalgic for The Simpsons while also not hating the fact that I was watching The Simpsons past that point, you know? Like, it gave me, yeah, good fuzzy feel-goods, and I liked it. That was a very good wind-up, by the way. (laughs) I was terrified. Yeah. (laughs) We've never gone bronze-silver cubic before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you really got to, you know, like, change those averages. I'm bringing this bell curve right the hell up. (laughs) All right. Well, this will be averaged out into being a dull silver. It'll be the first episode from season 19 to be called a dull silver. (gasps) And, yes, it'll be our number two ranked episode from season 19 so far. Mm. The Departed sitting at a silver by split decision yep but yeah some other dull silvers that it'll be joining the ranks of in the teens era uh 24 minutes when they do the 24 parody fat man and little boy which is not about atomic bombs at all it's about designing cute <laughs> little t-shirts still nuclear material oh my god oh the strong arms of the ma we were yeah. just talking about that and also jaws wired shut which is profoundly bizarre episode <laughs> <laughs> where homer gets his jaws Wired shut. shut. <laughs> All right. Well, that about does it for that episode. And yeah, continuing our movie theme, we are moving on to Camp Crustia. Uh, no, not Crustia. No, I was about to say. No. We've Camp do- Crusty. We've done it. It's, it's been done. <laughs> we had to travel to Adelaide. <laughs> but, but we, we did, did it. <laughs> uh, Camp Crusty, season four, episode one. We'll be back. Okay. <laughs> And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode of the evening. This was Season 4, Episode 1, Camp Krusty. Not getting that wrong this time. First released in September of 1992, it was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by David M. Stern. In this episode, it's Camp Krusty, that's all I need to say. Mm -hmm. What'd you think? 
Great stuff. Great. Yeah. Mm. It's warm, glowing, mm. warming glow. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is one of those ones, much like Mr. Plow, where I feel like it's maybe just such a distinct episode that, like, isn't overhyped, but... It is a little hard to gauge. I was thinking, sitting there thinking that yeah. during the watch, because it is incredibly iconic to the series. Yeah. And especially, what season was this? Four. Season four, yeah. yeah. Season four opener. So oh, different shit. to anything that would have any sitcom would have done before it. I mean, there were no breakout moments where the whole room laughed, but there's still some just yeah. great jokes. They're a little bit more, oh, nice. That kind of reaction where you're like, I get, well, that's a good bit. Mm. Yeah, so, it's sort of something that, unfortunately, the classic era comes into where I think because we're so familiar with it. Yeah, like, it's, it's hard to gauge. And does that familiarity remove well it moves objectivity but is it because we've seen it so many times that none of this is surprising anymore or is it the opposite effect where we have such warmth for it we're overlooking any of its flaws yeah we'll get yeah, into the, that I'm the sure. old nostalgia goggles yeah. Uh, yeah. pretty thick in this circumstance although like it did surprise me a few times in just how little I remembered I remembered crusty brand imitation gruel <laughs> extremely <Yeah>. well <laughs> 9 out of 10 orphans can't tell the difference yeah, there wasn't all that many of the other gags that like mm were really sticking in my brain as like iconic jokes from The Simpsons. It's more that it's like an iconic setup and scenario from The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And yeah, rounding out our trio of episodes vaguely movie related, mm-hmm. this one was also considered to be the premise for a Simpsons movie. Yeah. And it was actually originally meant to air in season three, but it was a holdover episode along with Streetcar Named Marge. Huh. And on that as well, this was the last episode to be animated at Klasky Supo before mm. they moved all their production to Film Roman. Well, Klasky Supo did Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah, first three seasons. There you go. Mm. But, yeah, I'm just reading straight from the Wikipedia page here because it is a very concise and well-written version of the events. After he saw the completed episode, James L. Brooks called the writers and suggested that the Camp Krusty script be used as a plotline for a film. However, the episode ran very short, and to Mm. make it barely fit the minimum time, the Camp Krusty song had to be lengthened by a number of verses. (laughs) The episode was chosen to be the first episode of the season, further complicating matters. Al Jean told Brooks, first of all, we have to make it into the movie, and then we don't have a premiere. And second, if we can't make 18 minutes out of this, how are we going to make it 80? Yeah. Which I think I get the sense of in this episode because I feel like the ending's kind of rushed. And mm. that's what stands yeah. out to me for better or worse. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> but I kind of feel that's for better. I do love that it's just like, we're well, going to make this all better. To Tijuana! Yeah. <laughs> see, I like that, but I guess I wanted to say more of the kids owning the camp. It's mm. almost like the third act, fuck you. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, forget this nonsense. <laughs> Perfectly reasonable explanation. It is, so, hey, everybody, surf's up. Yeah. <laughs> if I can keep the movie theme going, what really struck me, like, beforehand I was getting this confused with the Cape Fear episode, mm-hmm. whether or not this was a Friday the 13th take, mm-hmm. but instead what actually, like, it made me think of the most was one of my all-time favourite movies, The Addams Family Values, <laughs> <laughs> which has a very similar, like, yeah, kids overtaking right. the camp sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, I haven't seen that movie yeah. in a hot minute. I rewatched it a couple of years back to show my wife Pam, 
and it holds the hell up. Really? It's so good. Well, I good, love it. Good to hear. Yeah, no. uh, maybe, and I will admit my nostalgia goggles yeah. are thick as hell on that <laughs> one. But well, yeah, because I only actually saw it like once or twice as a kid. But like, we had the VHS of the first Adams Family movie, and right. I fucking love that one. Mm-hmm. And like, just showing them in '90s society, ah, uh, I ate that shit for breakfast. It's delicious. <laughs> you eat shit for breakfast. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so good. But David, what did stand out to you from this episode for better or worse? Um. <laughs> Bart saying, much obliged, doll, and slapping like Miss Krabappel on the butt. This yep. is like, holy crap. Bart like, is cancelled. Yeah. yeah, so that whole dream sequence was like quite endearing, quite funny. I did just look up his locker code, which was pointed yeah. out as 36, 36 24, 36. 36. <laughs> Maybe she's five now. Yeah, so that's the, like, I did not know this before. Uh, they meant is... to be like the ideal female me- measurements. Yeah, so oh, like obviously okay. huge inverted commas on that, the yeah. quote-unquote yeah, ideal yeah. female proportions. Bit of an animal house gag to throw in, but, you know, whatever. Oh, interesting. Um, like, so many f- times for their number gags, they've just done the prisoner 34601. Two, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone didn't listen to that on repeat as a child against their will. I think uh, what stood out to me was <laughs> Seymour Skinner saying, I haven't seen such unfettered hurly-burly since the fall of Saigon. <laughs> unfettered hurly-burly. Uh, classic Skinner is so good. Yeah. Oh, he's so verbose. <laughs> just that Vietnam vet slide in yeah, at the yeah. end is just incredible. Yeah. And then refer to it as Hurley Burley. <laughs> <laughs> also, the it's always great to see impressions of uh, like side characters like Ralph and um mm. oh who's the other one who's really great? Lewis no, uh, Wendell? No, no, Martin, uh, the, Martin thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Daddy's chubby little secret. <laughs> like I said, you would make a scene. I loved that so much, and also just seeing Ralph Wiggum, and he's like clearly not Ralph Wiggum yeah. yet. Oh, there's a shot when they're giving out the mail, and he gets his underpants, and his head is just like yeah. his head conical. is not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not alright. Maybe that's the turning point. Maybe something happened to him at Camp Krusty. Yeah, but he looked okay when he saw fake crusty Barney up on stage and goes, he's funny, but not ha-ha funny. (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel like is just this project distilled. Mm -hmm. It's like us. We are so Ralph in that moment. Such a big (laughs) mood. Oh, my God. (laughs) What is also like that that hangover joke of the crappy dub done after the fact of, this is my best friend ever, (laughs) Mr. Mr. Black. (laughs) (laughs) That feels like, that's iconic Simpsons to me. That that gag is so The Simpsons. Yeah. And amazing one-time characters, Mr. Mr. Black. Black. (laughs) Gentlemen. Too evil. evil. <laughs> That's like become the go-to toast for. That was yeah, going to be uh, my uh, my thing. I pointed out that yeah, you, me, and uh, Danny use that as our toast. Gentlemen, yeah. too evil. So was that? The I thing mean, that... I can pick others if you yeah, like. Yeah, pick another one. Uh, wait, I didn't learn how World War Two ended. We won. <laughs> yeah, USA. <laughs> Just such a good exit. And like he, he was like right up to the dramatic conclusion of World War Two, and this is like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. And yeah, another great format for many Simpsons memes. Wait, you didn't figure out who your mystery date was. You got the dud. <laughs> <laughs> another unexpected meme that came out of this is Krusty Strawberry's face. I don't know if you guys <laughs> yeah, <are>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Strawberry's <laughs> 
Actually, all of Krusty at Wimbledon was pretty good. This yeah. is like this is the episode that like you know we had to cut Krusty out of the last mm. one, but this yeah. is the one that's like this is that vintage crust. Yeah. Yep. This is what I'm after. <laughs> this that, is that, that stuffed crust, that tasty like, crust. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really do actually wish we got more of Krusty. In yeah, this. for sure. Like as the kids do. <laughs> but yeah, he clearly made good with Her Majesty as well because he got knighted at some point. <laughs> yeah, which is tough to do if you're not a British citizen. Oh, yeah. He's crusty British. <laughs> or at least of one of the colonies. Mm. Mm. We'll keep the an eye on it. The big questions. The big questions being asked here. <laughs> and what stands out to me, for better or worse, yeah, just the terribleness of the camp and mm-hmm. the desperation in the kids as well. And there's so many great scenes as well, which is horrible for them. But mm-hmm. And especially when Lisa's writing her note. <laughs> yes. And she's giving the guy on horseback the letter and a bottle of whiskey <laughs> right. to bribe. Does anyone know what this is a reference to? Uh, something with Meryl Streep. Lawrence of Arabia? What, really? <laughs> oh, Beach shit. Was right. He got it again. Cell five. <laughs> Lisa Sophie's was, Choice? <laughs> no, Lisa was playing Meryl Streep's character in The French Lieutenant's Woman. This is a, yeah, scene ah. mirroring that. I'm, ah. so, I'm so, like, jazzed. I mean, <laughs> I, I go this entire podcast throwing that out for shits and gigs, and now I've landed it twice in one. Uh, when I found those two when I was doing my notes today, I was like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> like, I was desperately searching for I've one. been enabled. <laughs> I was desperately searching for one, any loose connection in the HDR episode for, to Meryl Streep and not. But yeah. Well, the, thank you for trying. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really like, as a playlist, like, Lisa writing intense letters. I I think, like, you know, it's not exactly a letter, but I would put in that, I had a cat named Snowball, (laughs) died. Her saying, I no longer fear hell (laughs) because I've been to Camp Krusty. It's so good. Oh, I love it as well. And yeah, Bart, uh, Krusty is coming. Krusty is coming. And I do love Bart seconds before Krusty arrives. Like, see, I told you Krusty would be here. He's giving us food and water and smite our enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Which makes the turn of them, yeah, taking over so much more Mm. satisfying. And it's really why I wish there was more of that in the episode. Yeah, because at that point, we also want Crunchy. Like, we're ready. Oh, fucking Barney in this. Like, And I love that he recognises Bart in the crowd. <laughs> oh, Bart, I'm the crunchy, the clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Play count. How many times do you think you've seen this before tonight? Probably not all that much, given how, like, it didn't feel necessarily fresh, but, like, it surprised me in a few moments. So, I don't know, maybe, like, a handful of times. Yeah. Five or six. Mm, yeah. Depending uh, on how big your hands are. <laughs> uh, 36, 24, 36. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I know I <laughs> saw this a bunch on syndication. Like, it was actually uh, reminding me, like, when I was a kid, I think this is one of the episodes that I actually got sick of seeing. Mm. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was it, high on syndication for sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was distinct and it stuck out like mm. that. I remember sort of feeling the same thing about, like, the Michael Jackson episode. and mm. uh, Oh, yeah. But, you know. That episode sucks now for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the most overplayed one, though, I think. That's always the one that I would go to is, like, if I'm going to turn on the TV at 6 o'clock and yep. any weeknight, it's going to be the Michael Jackson episode. Yeah. yeah. Maybe less so now. <laughs> they don't even have it on Disney Plus now. Oh, yeah. It's been snapped. <laughs> <laughs> we will cover it in a while. <laughs> but wackiness, was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Depends how you define wacky yet again. Cause... No wackier than the Adams Family Values. Yeah. So. <laughs> this 
Because, yeah, some of the things that happen to the kids are on the wacky side. But again, there's point to it. There's poignance. I do love the Camp Krusty song, which illustrates very subtly everything wrong with this. You know, on the shores of Big Snake Lake, yeah. below Mount <laughs> Avalanche. And the baseball field with just giant holes in it. Yeah. I get the sense that the Simpsons writers were actually struggling to fill out this premise because mm. I like the way they do it, you know, having the song montage and then also having Lisa sort of, yeah, list a bunch of stuff as well. Like, it's kind of the same thing, but they yeah. do it in different ways. So it's still well, Given good. that they were, I think they were struggling to fill it out because I feel like they didn't want to go too wacky. Like, yeah. they're like, okay, yeah. we've covered how their living condition sucks. We've covered how their food sucks. We've covered how their activities suck. We can't really add anything else without being ridiculous, so... Eh? And the rest of the episode fell into that weird space of, like, now it's time for The Simpsons to get raunchy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, that is such a weird fucking space to go back to. I remember hearing someone else joking about, like, all of the old ads for, you know, like, the After Dark episode of The Simpsons, like, Mm. this is the one where you're going to jack off to Homer (laughs) and Mike. Just like, what is happening? (laughs) Yeah, the long time ago before Pornhub were churning out more Simpsons porn than you could ever want to see. Christ. I I love Homer's cheekiness, though. (laughs) Yeah. Smudge is like, oh, Oh, I'm nearly done. He's like, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. The cheekiness that I liked was when he was like, he's saying he'd gotten a new hair. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, I'm this close to having a coma. Might be a lot of, come to Homercles. <laughs> Homercles cares not for beans. Yes, that, that is Homer's best come on oh, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it's something that's been said by uh, James from Pods in the Key of Springfield. Like and subscribe. Yep. That... It's really good in these classic episodes that they demonstrate that Homer and Marge have an active sex life and like mm. they really enjoy fucking each other. They've got all the fireworks they need right here. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that's not the only fireworks joke they have because later on it's like, oh, you need you to tap the powder. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm going to post this out to you know all the men out there looking to spice up their love lives. Try wearing a togo mm. and being like, Come to whatever your name, please. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The last person I know to wear a toga, in fact, everyone I know to have worn a toga is now dead. Oh, so. shit. That's a high percentage. Yeah. Maybe disregard my advice. The Romans, John Belushi, mm. all of them. <laughs> my, my. Togas, cursed. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Sexy, but at what cost? <laughs> yeah, actually, this was a kind of not that wacky episode. And mm. I guess. Yeah. You get a sense of wackiness happening in Tijuana, but it's, yeah, done over a cute little photo montage. Whereas I feel like a more modern era Simpsons would have really dived into that actual Indian burial ground comment, yeah. you know, they, they yeah. would have played out that poltergeist. Well, the sequel to this does portray Bart riding a fire-breathing butterfly, I believe. Dear Christ. Yeah. Uh-oh. So uh, we get there. It takes too many seasons and is awful, but uh, we get there. <laughs> so, yeah, you haven't seen the sequel, Camp Krusty. No, uh, thankfully. It's kind of why I'm glad that you're on this panel then, because I think for most people, this is the experience of the episode, and that's nice, and you don't have to think about the sequel. Mm. Yeah. Don't. However... Well, Bart would never lend his name to an inferior product. <laughs> 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 Fuck. Yeah. That's what I like about this episode. There's so many jokes that are just in passing. Like, I like when Bart wakes up the dream and Homer's there and he's like, oh boy, it is the last day of school. Oh, well, how do I know this isn't a dream? He just gets out a magazine for the moment and just 
slaps yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, pinch is more traditional. <laughs> and yeah, I guess the only other wacky thing was, yeah, Bart's opening a dream. But it's a dream and there was yep. all bunch of cool visual things of the all kids the destroying out. the school. <laughs> yeah. And I, lo- I love that in his fantasy, Skinner isn't the villain. He's actually yeah. in on it. He's like, destroy <laughs> these permanent records. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly now. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, set to one of the musical moments of this episode, Alice Cooper's School's Out. Fun fact, Alice Cooper was my first rock concert. Really? Nice. Oh, shit. That's a good start. Mm. Yeah, 1997. Damn. And he was only just here recently for one of the Fire yeah. Aid concerts. Yeah, that's right. What a weird bill. Daryl Braithwaite, <laughs> Alice Cooper. Kate John Farnham. Yeah. John Farnham's your closer in Greenspoon's playing a three o'clock set. Fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> so what about the heart of this episode? Did you feel bumps? There's a great like anti-heart or like a parody of heart where, you know, Bart's come to home and he said, I know you needed me to get a C plus average, but here's my report card. And he's like... Ah, oh boy, you really don't think much of me, do you? No, I no, don't. No, <laughs> You know, a D turns into a B so easily. You got greedy. He's like, oh, I can't go. Well, I said I did this so you get better grades, and you didn't. But why should you pay for my mistakes? <laughs> I did. And then they're playing this kind of your sentimental music. It's like, you mean I can go? Yeah, I didn't want you hanging around all summer anyway. It's, yeah, it's Very played good. for heart, but it's so awful, and yeah. it's so brilliant in that way as yeah. well. And you got little hands. Can you reach in there and get that skate? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. It's as hot as the two of them are ever going to get. Yeah, right? uh, but yeah. I, I love the, the parody of heart, basically. Yeah, I think the heart for me was in Marge saying, like, God, this made me think of my own mum. This whole, like, yeah. this is the last dinner we're going to have together for six weeks. And they're all like, rah, 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 and she's like, <laughs> I'm going to miss you so Like, I thought that was beautiful. I, yeah. I yeah. love that. Ah, especially the whole introducing the stakes of the Bart needing C average. They really mm. hammer it in. And you think that's what the episode's about. And yeah. I like how they do quickly pivot from that. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, maybe and they did be, it well. Lisa goes to camp and Bart's stuck at home or something. But no, we get this. Yeah. The pivot, especially with the fake out heart, really good. Also just heart in the sense of, you know, like it's not necessarily like an emotional moment, but it was just you relate to something mm. happening on screen. And Lisa seeing this shitty shack that they have to spend the next few days in <laughs> and saying like, didn't expect it to be as rustic. rustic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that was, oh my God, that felt so real <laughs> in that mm. moment. Yeah. Because like... It's more of a thing over in America, especially mm. like kids going to camp this long, like because they have a much longer summer holiday than we do, and they don't have uh, guaranteed leave. So yeah. ah, yeah, American uh, system. Right. God, it's fucked. So that's why they send their kids off to long camp because you may not actually have any leave. Huh. As yeah, an employee. God, I don't think our I think our camp was like what two weeks at the most, mm. absolute most. I don't think it was even that. I think one week. Yeah, well, I was going to ask, have either of you been on, like, any of those extended camps or anything as a kid? Or Yes. No. Yeah, we went to one that, it was, like, somewhere in North Sydney, somewhere starting with M. It's not too far from DY. There's a camp there that has, you know, like, those high-climb rope course mm-hmm. things and yeah. a giant swing and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And, and if it's DY, it's not terribly far. Yeah, That's not what, terribly far from here where yeah. we're recording. It was terribly far oh, from okay. where I went to school in Barrel. Oh, so, yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. <laughs> it actually starts with an N. No. Narrabeen? Narrabeen, there it is. I was about to say Norellin. <laughs> not not nope. Norellin. And so, you know, we had little kayaking things and stuff like that. I remember that being very fun. Certainly no Camp Krusty experience. No. <laughs> oh, actually, I do remember one camp where, like, I woke up at sort of, I don't know, like... Not that late, like maybe 10 o'clock or something. And just remember my eyes being wide open as maybe a dozen boys 
like slowly entered into the room, crept up onto the top bunk where this other kid was sleeping with a electric razor and oh, tried shit. to shave his head while he was oh, sleeping. No. They got through obviously like maybe an inch of his hair before he woke up. It was <laughs> a very bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, camp shenanigans. Do you have any camp stories? No, I avoided that shit like the plague. Oh, really? And I went to school ones, but yeah, again, it's only three, four nights or something like that. And other than that, I mean, my dad was a teacher, so there was a parent around for school holidays. Oh, right. I mean, when I first diagnosed diabetic, they're like, well, they have diabetic camps. And I was like, ha ha, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you going like- to... I don't know, but I didn't want to find out. What are we going to do? Compare insulin? Yeah, Fuck you, off. You don't have the group jab? Like, yeah. you got to love yes, that. Everyone stab the person next to you with their needle. No. <laughs> I don't want to find out. It was not something I wanted to do. Insulin, my lord. <laughs> insulin. We need it to live. My insulin. <laughs> Bringing it back to the episode. Just everyone yeah. in the entire camp yeah. all day. My insulin. My insulin. <laughs> Uh, but ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I mean, it is the episode of The Simpsons, really. Drive Codifier. Yeah. yeah. No. It's what's going to make ranking this so hard, because it is so iconic. Mm. And yet, does it deserve? Does iconography alone get it to that top rank? Yeah, because especially I love seeing Homer and Marge, yeah, without the kids, what they do. They're just, yeah, that much more relaxed. It's very they're, cute. They're taking time for each other. Mm. They're, you know, loosening up their necks like a... a Loose, wh- 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 uh, loosening up their necks. Loosening up their necks like a well-cooked piece of asparagus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that bit. Every I time I'm, like, that. rolling my neck, I get that guy's voice in my head. <laughs> oh, great line. That was definitely one used around the house by the family a lot. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's still within that problematic... It it was definitely delivered by a white person, though. Oh, undoubtedly. (laughs) Probably Hank Azaria. Don't do the accent and focus on the line itself, and I think it's fine, because it's a great line. But it's a great accent to say (laughs) asparagus in. (laughs) I'm really suppressing the urge to do it. Australian really doesn't... Now just relax your neck like a warm bit of asparagus. Warm bit of spag. You know when you do a pie in the microwave instead of the oven, it's a little bit soft. You want your neck to be like there. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason we don't do those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, there's a reason we try to avoid talking as often as possible. <laughs> so, yes or no, would you watch this one again? For sure. Yeah, definitely. And Probably not tw- in a rush, though. Oh, no. Yeah, sorry, mm. I'll do that clean. Probably not in a rush, though. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> All right, I would like your reaction on take one and his take on take two. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. We'll cut it up. Oh, it's one of my rules with editing this thing that I don't ever change the order of things happening. Mm-hmm. I can only take things out. Mm-hmm. That's my rule. Yeah. Although sometimes I've taken people just breathing in from other bits. To yeah. <laughs> just. Okay, here's some good ones for you. <laughs> Doing the old Matt Bellamy. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna win <laughs> Oh god, it had to be that song you reference. Jesus Way to hurt my feelings Episodes that we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist they go in What's a Simpsons playlist? Faulty Krusty products Oh yep, yep. <laughs> the Krusty brand seal of approval Yeah, uh, Miss Hoover being the biggest bitch Oh <laughs> So I do like, her line here is Here's your final reports, I have nothing left to say to any of you Let's, Let's run just run the, the clock Because <laughs> <laughs> the Faulty Krusty products or I also see the kind of lineage Of leading to other shows Because it makes me think of the um, The cornballer in um, yeah. Arrested Development <laughs> 
I was just like, what's the quote from that? It's just, oh, it's just burning yourself. Ow! Son of a bitch! <laughs> yeah. yep. um, Every time! <laughs> I can't think of other episodes, but just Marge at home without the kids. Yeah. I'm sure that's happened a few times. Getting real. Not necessarily Real down real. and dirty. No, I want to see the Marge at home of fucking's playlist. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll steer the other direction then. <laughs> the fucking playlist. Away from this house. <laughs> yeah, just Bart and Krusty adventures. Mm-hmm. Like... Mentions of Krusty's pacemaker scar and superfluous third nipple. The, yep. It's because of this episode that I learned from a young age the word superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Educational episodes. That's it's a good actually, playlist. We, weird, actually. I was saying in a recent one that Lisa once said to Kenzian, and she said it again in this episode. Mm. Yeah. And I still don't know what that means. <laughs> of Dickens. Yeah. Oh, like Charles Dickensian. Dickens. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like a bit of a dick situation. <laughs> it's Dickensian, <laughs> you know? They truly did get dicked. <laughs> and like, hard. like Marge oh. Uh, also uh. episodes where Bart and Lisa bond over shared trauma yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no for real like this like and- when they go uh, visit Patty and Selma oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared so am I <laughs> <laughs> BT what would you like to change mm, I'd make a bit more of the laugh laugh because like I said they were good jokes and they're all more jokes that are quick passing there weren't any big laugh out loud moments in the room though now to be fair that could be because we've all seen this episode a lot Mm. Uh, and, you know, it's it's also 48 years old, so, you know, some of the humor may not be quite as sharp, and this would have been a parody of traditional family comedies at the time. Yeah, it was a sitcom trope to have mm. the camp episode. Yeah, yep. they'd usually there and have a great time, and they wouldn't want to come home, they'd made new friends, and this was, yeah, obviously the slap in the face of that kind of tradition, so, yeah, good for that, and obviously we've lost that over the years. Yeah. How about you, David? Yeah, a few more chuckles, and more of the camp post-takeover, mm. for sure. I did like the little throwaway, like, pig's head and a stick in the background, so yeah. you just get that oh, tiny that. little Lord of the Flies, Damn, like, reference. Nice. That was nice. Oh, that's... I don't, I don't... I haven't seen that, so that was just... Why is there a pig's head there? Yeah, so that's, like, that is the eponymous Lord of the Flies. Mm-hmm. Wow, there we yeah. go. Good um, And maybe just, like, in the Margin Homer stuff, again, probably just a few more jokes, because I Mm. thought that's the payoff with Homer reverting back to exactly how he'd been was funny, but, like, there wasn't a lot of other payoff besides, like, oh, they getting it on. And it's, like, you know, plenty of payoff for them, but not so much payoff for us in the audience having Mm. to watch these cartoon people get it on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, maybe I would have, like, played a little bit with the counsellors, I think Jimbo, Dolph, and Kearney were okay, yeah. but I wanted a bit more from them. Like, the Krusty brand imitation gruel bit was good. Mm-hmm. Them talking about getting some tail over on the <laughs> other side. I think you need to play that up a bit more so it's that kind of teenage boy, like, clearly bullshit, you know, trying <laughs> so hard kind of line. Yeah. Like, the whole, you know, like, I think of... Jimbo taking his shirt off, <laughs> like that kind <laughs> of push it to me. yeah, push it to that level, you know, where it's just BS. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it's a quality episode. I will say, I do like that exit from this episode of uh, Three Councils Are Missing and Presumed Scared. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking about Wet Hot American Summer while watching this, yeah. and just how much material they were able to pull from the camp experience, and they had a similar thing where the dynamics between teenagers and, yeah, younger camp attendees. What do you call them? Campers? Counselors? Yeah, counselors and campers. And just, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more to play with. And of course, you know, being the bullies, like, yeah, I agree with that, that there could have been a lot more for that. Yeah, I just, I think that's my big note on this, is just more. Like, I'm surprised that they could only pull 18 minutes Mm. out of this, because 
we haven't up until this point seen Bart and Lisa go on camp and I think it's there's a bit more to it than just listing crappy things about it. It's done in a great way, like yeah. don't get me wrong, but it does feel like a list of things at times. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we're here. David, do you have any other notes? Yeah, there's there's more dynamics to sort of be taken into consideration that they just mm-hmm. didn't have enough fun with. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, you know, like there's so much good in the classic era Simpsons that you can't necessarily fault the writers back in the day yeah. for having one episode that wasn't like a laugh out loud riot, but mm-hmm. is still solid. Whereas you look at the more recent stuff and it's like having an episode of this quality would be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And that it is taking place in a new setting like really helps make it distinct like that. Yeah. Uh, how about you, BT? Any other notes? For sure. Uh, when Krusty's advertising the uh, fat camp, he's like, we get ready for diet and ridicule. And then the kid zaps yeah. into a thing. Kid, he's just... <laughs> oh, and the drill sergeant as well. I want Crisco coming out of them pores. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a bit going of a... anywhere until this Christmas hand gives me a pull up. It's a yeah. bit of a full metal jacket moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, real. Was that Ali Yomi? Yes. That... Yep. Yep. You just made me think of what would be an amazing like '90s era Nickelodeon cartoon. Ah, Liomi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like the drill sergeant for a bunch of monsters. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> That'd be so Sick. good. <laughs> You have got to scare children. <laughs> All right. Um, I do really like the back and forth with Bart. And it's like, Homer takes his pickle. And he's like, hey, it's my pickle. Why don't you see your name on it? Oh, well. Licks it. And then he dunks it in his milk. He's like, checkmate. He's like, with full admiration. Always two steps ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, Bart's admiration of Homer at times. Like, yeah, we were talking about Rosebud before. And like mm. how Bart like is really into Homer's comic routine as <laughs> yeah. well. Like, yeah, it's sweet seeing Bart look up to his dad. The yeah. actual family dynamic is just like, it's oh, yeah. singing, you know? I, I think of, um, if I could say a few words, I'd be a better public speaker and Bart cracking up, like that stuff, yeah. For sure. Um, I do like when the bus leaves and there's just a beat and all the parents are like, yeah, Yay. don't come back. <laughs> yeah, don't come back. Popping champagne, already mentally fucking each other. It's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> Some of them quite literally. <laughs> and the final exchange between Bart and Krusty of... Uh, the camper was eaten by a bear. Oh, my God. Well, actually, the bear just ate his hat. Was it a nice hat? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. And again, not to bring up that fucking episode, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of the Simpsons history now. You just yep. got to take it into consideration. I know. No, I don't. Well, you don't. We you, do. You, you, you lucky bastard. <laughs> yeah. But We yeah. here at the Simpsons Index have made the sacrifices for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that they actually had Bart and Lisa seeing a kid disappear. And they thought he was dead. It totally undoes that whole moment. Uh, it undoes everything. It's it's, it's it all. It undoes Tijuana. It, uh. it undoes Tijuana. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, yeah, the kids, like, in the start of the sequel, Camp Crostia, they arrive and they are traumatized from camp. Yeah, and they've come just straight from camp, so there's no Tijuana. Right. And they write in that, yeah, Bart and Lisa at one point tried to escape and there was this other, like, whoever kid that disappeared underwater and they presumed he was dead. They have PTSD assuming he's dead, yeah. And then they find out he's a midget working for a travel Mm. agent or something. Mm. Oh, shit. Okay, so they're simultaneously trying to do Friday the 13th and Don't Look Now? (laughs) What the hell? Again, let's never forget the episode begins with Homer coming. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? It just starts with Homer going, yeah, uh, uh, and that's Amore. And oh it's like implied. Do- doesn't he do a Tarzan Yelp as that's well? That's right, fuck me. <laughs> oh, and we yeah, we find out Marge's hair is inflatable and uh, it's so, so many problems. I am aghast. <laughs> it's, uh, burn it to hell. <laughs> it's, Mom, uh, Dad, I no longer fear hell because <laughs> I have seen Camp Crustia. Yep. Yeah, oh, for fucking real <laughs> uh what a wild time and my actually my final note is just uh bart pointing out that crusty's autobiography was self-serving and full of uh, had a lot of glaring omissions that's a great one because it comes after you know i got a rapid heart rate from the crusty brand vitamins my crusty calculated didn't have a seven or, or an, an eight, eight. <laughs> and his biography was very self-serving with lots of glaring omissions yeah <laughs> yeah basic product defects followed by you know thoughtful critique yeah. <laughs> it's time to rank this thing David, your time to go first. Yeah, this is a tricky one to rank. Mm. Hey, mm. I guess I have to go with my first impression, mm. and my first impression is silver. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, because like I feel like I got as much entertainment out of this as I did from the DDA episode. And yeah, like I'm trying, I guess, to take my nostalgia goggles off a little bit yeah, here. Yeah, it's tough because they're uh, pretty much welded on. Yeah, I, for sure. And, mm. and like, I think it's a well structured ish narrative, and it's fun, mm. but it's definitely not in the upper echelons of Simpsons episodes. I don't think it. It it is a part of the history, and I'm glad it's there. Mm. But it's a a shiny silver for me. Fair enough, BT. I mean, when we talk about Cubic, we've often talked about the episodes The Simpsons could not live without. And in terms of being iconic, this is that. Mm. However, I can't go the full way. So I'm going to go with the gold. Um, I mean, it's a really well-structured episode, and that's why I'm going with the gold, because the plot rolls around really nicely. All those kind of jokes that are in passing that are very clever and very funny and very quotable. I mean, we've taken it onto ourselves to take gentlemen to evil yeah. as part of our like group <laughs> vernacular. But it just doesn't have those really punchy, laugh-out-loud moments, and it's gold is still a good rank. Yeah. I fear a lynching for this, but, you know, they'll get David <laughs> Hey, <first>. imagine, yeah, <laughs> imagine writing it silver. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. Failure. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I was at the silver-gold border, and I think the thing that's pushing me over to gold is because I'm just trying to give it a little bit of credit here, I mm. guess, because I think when I watched it for the first times as a kid, it would have been a lot more impactful and stuff. And you know, Yeah, especially if this was the one that, you know, every episode of a sitcom does a camp episode at some point. Mm. Yeah, and this is their take on it. It would have been so fresh and different at the time, and it's hard to view that with the same lens now. Yeah, and you know, I'm about to mention all the other dull golds that we got from this, and I honestly think it's so on par with that. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm very comfortable with my ranking. So yeah, this will be the fourth episode from season four to be called a dull gold. It'll be joining Selma's choice. That's the Duff Gardens one. Mm-hmm. Krusty gets cancelled uh, with Bette Midler and the Red Hot Chili uh, Peppers. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I remember being a little bit surprised that wasn't as strong as I as my memory. It's just, there's too much plot, and it's a kind of a cameo cluster. It's yeah. still fucking great. And also Whacking Day, which... Wow, that's a dull gold. Yeah, Shag wow. popped a little bit of heat for going silver on that one, but I see where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, lots of thoughts on that one, but I'll have to save them for another night. Now off to bed. No, because... Although we're at the end of the Simpsons Index, we'd like to talk about things that we've been into lately. Books, TV, film, music, video games. BT, what are you into? Man, I've been itching for this one. It's an app called AI Dungeon. Basically, it is a uh, AI-controlled text-based adventure, but because it's by an AI, it is limitless. 
I'll be honest, it is difficult to work with. You do have to learn how to wrangle the AI to be coherent sometimes, but sometimes when it fires on cylinders, oh my god, it is so good. So right. uh, I've had like this full-length fantasy adventure thing that was amazing. I tried writing an episode of The Simpsons in it <laughs> uh, by loading in certain information, which was almost good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it started off with aliens offering Homer a job through the radio to fly through space. Uh, but then he goes to the nuclear power plant to work and everyone's gone because they've gone to a new bowling alley that's opened up. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Second bowling yeah. alley. It's like I named it Bolarama Drama. <laughs> uh, and then he gets shot by a lizard mutant. <laughs> and <dies. Okay. laughs> Because again, it's still AI. It's still random as fuck. But if you can work with it, it can be amazing and it can be hilarious. Right. Is that a free app or? Yep. AI Dungeon. Check I've it out. heard the uh, McElroy brothers playing oh, yeah. through that as well. <laughs> Very funny. Oh, another My Brother, My Brother and Me fan. Yeah, yeah. In the house. <laughs> yeah, I uh, love him. How about you? <laughs> We're at that time of night. I'm sorry, man. How about you, Malloy? What have you been into? Well, I mean, you just brought up Mabim Bam. They just had their 501st episode. Wow. Fucking hell. Yep. I've listened to all of them in the last, I don't know, two years or something since yeah. I got into them. And I'm a big fan of those guys and a lot of the stuff they do. Yeah. we got to get um, you on with the episode with Jordan because he's a yeah. big fan. Yeah. yeah. Man, uh, look, Dog Day Afternoon mm-hmm. was yeah. great. I can't talk that up enough. Uh, searching, searched, blah, searching. <laughs> searching that time great. of night, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Searching was great. If anyone wants to follow that, I'm on Letterboxd, which is the word Letterboxd without an E at the end. So Letterboxd.com. Mm. My username is deadphoenix47. So yeah, you can follow along with my whole 366 and 2020. Send me recommendations if you want, because I'm keen to watch more interesting stuff. Yeah, so mostly just many movies and still punching my way through dead cells which is oh, brilliant sick. yeah yeah i'm scared of that game i know it will hook me <laughs> i'm uh, still not past two boss cells i'm still getting my butt kicked after nearly 500 runs it's yeah. nuts <laughs> and yeah i've been a little bit of a sucker for roguelikes lately so yeah. like yeah i think i've clocked in like 150 hours on binding of isaac like, yeah <laughs> yeah Yep, Isaac, that was my road like. Yeah. <laughs> that got its hooks in good. Oh, so good. And what have I been into? Yeah, look, Josh Thomas has a new show called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. You can watch it on Stan. I don't know if you guys saw Please Like Me, his other show. I absolutely adored that. Been recommended a number mm. of times. Yeah. This show actually feels like a natural evolution of that, where Please Like Me was, you know, 20s-ish guy feeling like he needs to grow up and everyone around him telling him, you know, get your shit together. Mm. Whereas this one, it's like his dad dies and he has to take care of his orphaned sisters and it like, feels like he's being forced to grow up. And yeah, it's a show that really like explores some pretty dark themes like in a very... I don't know, humorous and relatable way. Yeah, I, I've just been astounded with it. I think it's an amazingly written show. And and yeah, tagging on that, Please Like Me is fucking incredible as well. Yeah. Awesome. Actually, one of the other things that I should mention, going back to the previous episode we watched, and just thinking about like prison life, I was reminded of this podcast I've been listening to called Ear Hustle, oh, yeah. which is amazing. And it's like this visual artist who goes into San Quentin prison and she works with a prisoner there, and they make a podcast together about life inside prison. Oh, wow. And it's unbelievable. It's really, really fascinating. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely keen to check that out. That's super, super good. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, that does it for episode 163 of The Simpsons Index. Thank you very much, David. Yeet.
And thank you very much, BT. Ahoy. And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Oh, wait, there's a little package over here. A little mustard package. No. I've had, oh. <laughs> nope, that's it. <laughs> it's up my sleeve. <laughs> Jingle bells. Jingle bells. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at Simpsons Index on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Im- Im- Index. Damn. <laughs> it's been it. a long time since I screwed that up. Uh, let's get that one out. Ooh. Ha ha. Got to chase that one down. Yeah. Oh, I was like, no, I'm a man. I don't need whiskey blocks or chocolate syrup or whatever you have with whiskey. I got chocolate syrup. <laughs> I, I like the suggestion. <laughs> I like regular rocks. I like to crunch them on down after I've had my whiskey. I, I want to walk into a bar and like, give me a whiskey and a bottle of chocolate syrup. <laughs> give me a whiskey and three pebbles. <laughs> I think you've had it. I'll tell Maybe you when I've had enough. <laughs> syrup. Four pebbles. <laughs> give me one maple and one chocolate and one caramel. <laughs> Just in like, yeah, those big like milk bar squirters as well. (laughs) (laughs) Leave the bottle. (laughs) But yeah, I usually just skip over the playlist question for episodes that we just say, no, we don't want to watch again. But except the cubic failures. I think that is a playlist that should be honoured and preserved and just... Not (laughs) honoured. Gawked at. (laughs) Yeah. Teased, made fun of, uh, studied. (laughs) Just, yeah, I mean... You got to do an autopsy on unhealthy people as well. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> taunted and booed until my throat is sore. <laughs> uh, Simpsons have this fascination with doing extended bits on making fun of the English language, and this bit where they're talking about silent K's is mm. just—it's dragged out and terrible. And Compare that to like literally any joke about language in BoJack Horseman, where yeah. they just go on a rant for a little while of how many things can we make rhyme. Oh, Amy Sedaris. I don't know if she oh. actually did something to piss off the writers of BoJack, <laughs> but I feel like she gets targeted for that so much. Maybe she's, she's probably just, just the most articulate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay, well, can she say this? Yeah, Amy's <laughs> the only one who tolerates this bullshit from us anymore. <laughs> yeah, the Courtney Portnoy's court. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> There's a YouTube video saved my watch later of, like, all of the tongue twisters I've got. Yeah. Oh, oh, fucking wonderful stuff. R.I.P. Bojack, you had a very good run. Have I... not finished yet. Have not finished yet. Mm. Oh, oh, I'll overhype it. it. Fucking everything happens that is perfect in the last season. Whoa. That's, that's I mean, high, but I'm not going to disagree. I will say <laughs> there's a poem in the penultimate episode I've revisited frequently, and it just chills every time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the view from halfway down. Mm. Fuck me up, fam. <laughs> <laughs> Were a couple of them meant to be like a slight visual reference to Fry and Leela as well? Because the main female alien had a purple ponytail and then another one had orange hair. Well, I mean, then obviously. Yeah. I didn't notice. But... <laughs> well, if he had like the Fry like little, what do you call it? The little. <laughs> yeah. At the front, it would have been, but it was just sort of like a more Frasier season two <laughs> sort of haircut. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> to go back to a reference that, fam- that the audience will definitely get. Yeah, that famous animated series, Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. a lot of our conversations were highly animated, I thought. Toss salad and scramble. Sorry, have you guys seen that video? What? No. Oh. Of what? 
Um, Kelsey laughing. Oh, sweet. That's one of those things that you type in only the bare minimum of words <laughs> in YouTube. You're like, I got you, buddy. All right. Um, look, hot take, but uh, Kelsey Grammer to play the next Joker. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I would pay that. I would pay that so hard. Jesus, <laughs> killing in rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking yes. Uh, that's yeah. How far off we've gotten from? <laughs> yeah, no, the feel so, yeah, the we're so desperate. We had to bring up Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did we mention Bart's gym shorts that were just like <laughs> folds up and just? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more gags if you were to just go through everything in his locker. Yeah, uh, I'm actually surprised that that scene was as short as it was, like, and as shorts as it was. Nailed it. <laughs> Thanks, keep man. it, keep it in. Top of the episode. Put it there. <laughs> It'll be our cold open. <laughs> <laughs> 